Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to the next in our series of No Rolls Barred special one-shots. My name is Adam Blompier and I am joined by our irreverent, irascible and irrepressible DM, Mr. QC himself, Tom. Hi, Tom. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Yay! Party time! It's Friday. Choo-choo. Uh, hi, Tom. Uh, sorry, I just felt like I had to balance the scales there a little bit. Uh, so this is our, our next one shot. We're doing one a month, uh, as voted and decided by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash no rolls. But uh, we're going to be uh, hanging around after the episode to, to chat through how we chose this, uh, what's coming up in the future. But for now, let us drop you into Colorado Bookshop Wrestling. Hello and welcome back to CBW, where the big boys are cowboys. I'm Tom, head of wrangling here at CBW, and these are our players. Well, howdy there, Pilgrim. I'm Laurie Blake, and I'm playing Deuce Tex Machina, who is the young one. I'm Lou Cohen in real life, but you can call me Mad Dog McCree. I'm the hardcore player. Well, hi, my name's Lolo Brown, real life, but here you can call me Annie Earwig, and I am the iconoclast. Hello, I'm Adam. Uh, I'm playing Boy Cow, and I'm the monster. Well, howdy there, partner. I'm Ollie Davis with a wandering accent that will not be maintained throughout this recording, and I'm playing the man with no name. That isn't actually his name. He's, he's just, he hasn't got a name. And he's too mysterious to disclose his character profile right now. Right, and on that note, let's do a fight. There are many ways to carve your name on the landscape of the Old West. And many venture out across the plains and mountains to make their mark in the annals of the world. Some stand for law and order. Some crave crime and chaos. 
Some tread the trail between these grand ideals. Most folk, though, most folk are just trying to get by, driving steer through wind, rain, and weather, eking out a living from the unforgiven soil, gambling on the chance of gold in them thy hills, all under the awesome shadow of great Goliaths of good and evil. But now, as the century turns, the sun begins to set on the wild, wild west, and rise on civilization, on society. And so the shadows cast by these mountains of myth grow smaller, and perhaps we grow a little smaller with them. But something is stirring in the booming cattle town of Grappler's Gulch. There is a place where legends still loom large in the lives of those who labor among the livestock. A place where towering titans of the immortal West write new tussling tales that transcend time itself. Welcome to CBW. Welcome to Colorado Buckshot Wrestling. We find ourselves in a lively saloon in the center of Grappler's Gulch, a large, slightly ornate, slightly rough-and-tumble wooden building full of rowdy, happy clientele, drinking beer, down in whiskey, and watching mayhem unfold around them. In the center of this large room is a makeshift ring, a crudely but firmly built wooden platform surrounded by wooden posts and old bits of rope. The ring currently stands empty except for the twirly moustached figure of Colorado Buckshot Wrestling's announcer. And as he makes his way into the center of the platform, an uncharacteristic hush falls upon the rowdy populace of Grappler's Gulch. Welcome, everyone, to the Squared Circle Saloon, and welcome to another night of Colorado Buckshot Wrestling. Prepare yourselves as these rootin' tootin' wrestlers clash inside and outside the ropes in the name of legacy, luck, and legend. The crowd whoops in joy, applauding and chanting the trademark oh, initials of Colorado Buckshot Wrestling. Oh, CB Dub! CB Dub! CB Dub! Um, the whole the whole saloon is, is filled with, with animation and energy and excitement. Only one only one figure can be seen, um, slightly more restrained at this point. It is a, a broad-shouldered man in an immaculate suit with a pristine dark hat and a velvet waistcoat. There is uh, there is the remnants of real well-bred handsomeness behind his thick handlebar moustache and he watches the events unfold from a comfortable chair on the upper balcony. Well, let's waste no more time, the announcer cries, and the lights in the squared circle loon start to dim as the bartenders and ring hands begin to turn down the gaslighting, and a hush and an artificial twilight falls over everything. There is a whir and a click and a buzz as an old, or in this case, current slide projector whirs into life on the upper balcony, projecting an image um, onto the wall above the ring and a, an audible crackle and pop 
is heard as a phonograph begins to turn on. Adam, please, can you tell us what we see on the screen? Screen. So on the screen, you see, first of all, uh, just some, some writing uh, in white, uh, old timey font against a, a black background. It says, Grappler's Gulch, do you know where your cows are? Uh, then there's a, a shot of a kind of, it's an artist rendering of what looks to be a huge kind of almost minotaur of a man with kind of human legs but as it builds up the, the muscles become kind of hairy until you see with horns on the top a great uh, bull ring out of his nose this kind of horrible bull man figure this kind of painting uh, and then it cuts to the next slide which says if you're not careful they may fall into the clutches of the Moogie Man. Uh, we see another another painting, this time of a, a little boy sat alone, uh, surrounded by cacti and then some cattle. Abandoned as a boy in the wilderness, raised by feral cattle, this bovine revolutionary now uses cows as an army to wage war on mankind. Uh, we see a shot of a desolate town. Buildings have been gutted. Um, there are bodies lying in the streets. You see smoke rising uh, from burnt out shacks. Look at these once prosperous cattle towns. Tanners rise, beefers folly, Horn Town, USA. All ghost towns. Cowboys lying, mutilated in the streets. Cows abandon their ranches to John the Moogie Man's ever-growing moose savers. Uh, another shot of um, uh, this kind of horrible cow-man hybrid riding on top of a gigantic cow. This beast roams the plains with his elite band of moo tenants. Suddenly, four incredibly <laughs> savage-looking cows flash up on screen. His cowling commandos. His fillet team. Sir Loin, the leader. Flank, the tactician. Chateau Brian, the money. And Rump, the muscle. Uh, suddenly, a picture of May, uh, Mayor Cash flashes up on the screen. Uh, Mayor Cash, an impressive looking man. Uh, Mayor Cash needs every man women, and especially children of Grappler's Gulch to take up their rifles and be ready to defend their cattle from these bovine belligerents. Grappler's Gulch, we're a cattle town, and by God, we're going to keep it that way. Amazing. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and film comes to a finish. There's the click as the projector shuts off power. Um, another crackle and pop as the phonograph uh, reaches the end of its track. There is a brief moment where the whole squared circle saloon is in uh, darkness until the bartenders begin to turn up the gaslighting again and the uh, ring is illuminated empty um, except for the small uh, wooden ramp that leads up into the back of the saloon where the squared circles um, storage areas and barns are. Um, Adam, please tell us what now emerges from that ramp. So a hush 
falls over the saloon as <laughs> uh, a man, very clearly uh, an incredibly well-built man, but a man nonetheless, steps forward. He wears a loincloth around his nether regions. He's covered in thick, almost bison-like hair. Uh, he has painted his body with blue and black uh, splotches to resemble a cow. Uh, he, his head is covered by a raggedy bit of, oh, of blackened leather to uh, hide the fact that he doesn't have horns. And he wears a solid steel bullring in his nose. When he breathes out, hot steam emerges from his lungs and he surveys the crowd of men. Uh, and uh, he enters into the ring. Um, we see uh, for, uh, standing next to every uh, post uh, on the outside around the ring is a different cow. We have his uh, fillet team, the cowling commandos who accompany him to every match. Uh, he stands uh, in the ring and he uh, gestures for a microphone. Do they exist? Um, there are no microphones. I think something yeah. else we also no also notice at this point is that standing on the upper balconies, keeping a very very close eye on the boy cow, seemingly not seemingly unaware of the other, I presume, well disguised cowling commandos hidden around the ring, are some well well turned out nasty looking men with rifles over their shoulders. Um, there there is no microphone, uh, but you are simply welcome to yell. People of Grappler's Gulch, if you thought I would give up my beef with y'all, if you thought I would be seen but not heard, <laughs> then y'all have seriously miscalculated. <laughs> right. I am going to beat every single one of your champions. And so... I will inspire the enslaved prisoners you keep in this, in this town, my beautiful bovine brothers and sisters, to rise up, throw off their shackles, and join my ever-growing army. For you see, the, the era of mankind is over, and it's time for the Earth to usher in a new age of moo-manity. You see, for every cow in Grappler's Gulch, it's a moo day. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the legendary Moogie Man is a legend no more. He wrestles for Colorado Buckshot now. Who among you, who among you here has the strength and the grit and the toughness to take down a son of a bitch as mean, lean, and horny? as the legendary boy cow. You hear the sound of a glass being smashed against the floor. As up stands from his seat, Mad Dog McCree, surrounded by his group of men. They don't need no names, because the name Mad Dog McCree carries enough fear as it is. And he walks towards the squared circle and stands there and he looks at this boy cow in the ring. I don't know much what you are, boy, but I won't tell you something. 
I'm about to fuck your day up. And he's surrounded by his men. No teeth, Terry, who has no teeth. No ears, Earl, who has no ears. No nose, Noel, who has no nose. No arms, Andy, who has no arms. And just fine, Justin, who's just fine. And Mad Dog <laughs> steps into the ring. If you're looking for a fight, I think I've done bad except that fight. Ladies and gentlemen, we have ourselves a wrestling match. There is a heavy ding, 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 ding of a massive brass bell that hangs over the, over the stage. And then the announcer literally leaps over the rope to get the hell out of there as soon as possible. Who may, who's making the first move? Uh, oh, <laughs> Mad Dog McCree. I walk up to Mad Dog and I say, <clears throat> knock, knock. <laughs> Who be there? Interrupting cow. <laughs> <laughs> Interrupting cow. I smash him in the face. <laughs> okay. So I want a contested, um, a power roll from you and a work roll from Mad Dog, please. Power, oh, my power is plus one. My work is minus one. Oh, but it's good, it's ten. Nine. Balls. Oh. Your massive meaty cow fist lunges straight in the direction of Mad Dog McCree, but you are big and heavy and slow, and he is just a little too fast and wily for you. He didn't get this far in the Old West by not being able to avoid a few punches from a few giant cows, and whiffs past his ear. Oh, Mad Dog, what are you doing? A signal to no nose Noel. He knows what to do. And he passes me a chair from the audience. And I swing that some bitch right into this dumb cow's dumb face. Oh, uh, well, you're using a you're using the weapon, so that is a real roll. And it is a seven. Seven, just about. I'm attempting, I guess, to do a similar kind of uh um, old, old Westy matrix s dodge to get out of the way of the chair. Um, Boycow tries to move. You try to move your, your bulk out of the way, but you're too big, you're too slow, there's too much of you, and this chair smashes across the side of your face, um, knocking your ring sideways. Um, Mad Dog, how are you going to follow up? Oh, man, I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood to chew some goddamn cow. And I just start hitting him again with the, like, the legs of the chairs that are left. I just start throwing them at uh, the cowboy, or the boy cow, rather. You can make another real roll for that, to throw those chair legs. Oh, it's a natty 12. Oh, no. <laughs> um, okay, so, um, yeah, one of, those, one of those chair legs rockets straight in the direction of boy cow. It goes straight through the center of his nose ring, lifts it up, and rips it painfully out of boy cow's nose on a natural 12. Um, oh. with, with that nose ring out of the way for the rest of this match, um, you have a minus one penalty on your look score. I'm less of a cow now than I ever was. <laughs> on a natural 12. Um, but um, we are going to let you respond to that uh, indignancy. You trying to tenderize my meat? I'll show you. Um, and I put, I put my uh, fingers to my mouth and I emit a very high piercing whistle, which uh, signals the fillet team uh, for it's time for <laughs> it's time for high stakes. Uh, each cow is going to climb to the top rope and 
launch themselves one by one <laughs> on top of Mad Dog McCree. Like Tower of Cows, basically. Yes. <laughs> For all you Hey Arthur fans out there. Okay, so um, can you tell me in what order the cows land on top of Matt? Oh, and first make your roll for it. That's, that's a cow roll. That's using your cow gimmick. That's a look roll. Oh, shit, See how it goes. That's zero then. All right, so that is... This is the complete opposite of last game. It is all critical 12s. So I want to hear exactly what happens, and I want to hear the order the cows land. Sir Loin, obviously, the leader. Rings uh, to the top rope, uh, moos with a loud, proud bovine moo and throws himself in the air, legs akimbo, and crushes, uh, just lands smack on uh, Mad Dog McCree. Uh, next up is Chateau Brian, Chateau Brian uh, who finishes off a fine porter. Um, throws the glass over his shoulder, sniffs the air, blows a kiss, and somersaults uh, on top of Sirloin, on top of Mad Dog McCree. <laughs> then comes Flank, the tactician, um, who ca- perfectly calculates the arc of his flight, uh, does a triple somersault, lands on the ever-growing pile, then finally rump, the muscle, gives each of his arms a kiss, and then just huge splash. Um, um, he calls it the ground beef. Uh, he just <laughs> high into the air and lands on this huge kind of cow tip, uh, cow pile, um, whatever. But boom, right on top of, of poor Mad Dog McCree. Terrific. Um, so on that natural 12, we're going to have to penalty you somewhat here. You are currently stuck under a mound of cows with a minus one penalty to your power for the oh, rest nice. of the match, or the very least, until you get these gosh darn cows off yourself. Um, you are currently trapped under cows. Um, is there anything you're going to do to respond? Boys, boys, get these goddamn cows off me. Do something, you yellow belly sons of bitches. And signaled to, for my uh, crew to start to pull these cows off. Okay, so roll on look for me, please, for your crew. Uh, look, a zero. I'll, I'll go with the... That is... Oh, no way. What? What? Um, Luke, please tell us in as much glorious detail as you like how you are rescued. Oh, bloody fucking hell. That's amazing. Um, How you're rescued by your gang. (laughs) No Teeth Terry dives in and starts gnawing away and scratching at uh, Sir... What was it again? Sir... Sir Loin. Uh, Starts scaring away at him. Just like bundling him off. No ears Earl just starts grabbing at Rump to throw him off as well. No Nose Noel dives in, punches the ever-loving cow shit out of one of them. <laughs> no Arms Andy just starts kicking the ever-loving cow shit out of another one. And Just Fine Justin is there to kind of pull me all out of this and lift me back up onto my feet and gives me a, uh, a, glass, of, uh, uh, a glass of beer or a glass of whiskey rather which he throws down the back of his throat and then smashes the glass in Justin's face and tells him to get out of the ring <laughs> I've got a fight to finish here okay so on that third consecutive critical success um, we, we will cancel out your power penalty you are no longer covered in cows why should you have a power penalty uh, <laughs> Um, and is it the two of you are now in the ring um, with members of your gang there like members of the um, the cowling commandos there um, yeah, right now you're both just squaring off. What are you doing? What are you both trying to do? 
Tell me what you're both going to try and do, and then we'll resolve it with a contested roll, probably. Uh, I'm looking to stick my two fingers, uh, which have got shards of glass on them, obviously, from the smash in the glass, up Boy Cow's nose to try and uh, perform my finishing move, the gunslinger, where I'm just going to sling him around the ring in an attempt to try and rip his nose off. Uh, I Which is funny s- enough, it's how No Nose Noll lost his nose. <laughs> that is funny. You're a bad I, boss. You're I, a bad boss. Oh, but they I love can, him. They respect me. <laughs> I can see that everything's breaking down, so I'm going to uh, up the ante. He wants to bring his gang. I'm going to bring in my gang. What? Okay, so this is a contested role first. You're gonna, you say you're going for your finisher here, Luke. That, that is correct there, sir. So that is just a straight 2d6 roll on your part. spunked on my critical successes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's, uh, it's unfortunately a six. Oh, and Adam, that is going to be a, sorry, boy cow. That is going to be a, I think I know what you're trying to do. That's going to be a look roll. Okay, so that's plus zero. That is an eight. That Dang is, it. That'll do it. I take my bull ring. I reaffix it into my nose. I take from uh, underneath my loincloth a cow horn. I put it to my lips, but just before I do, I look at everyone surrounding the ring and I say, prepare the cattle field for slaughter. And I blow. (laughs) Tom, do you want to take it from here? Um, I, I would be happy to. Okay, so as you stand there in the center of the ring, like some kind of uh, giant of uh, Greco-Roman myth, blowing this beautiful hole into the air, um, the sound is so resonant and powerful, it forces a hush amongst the cheering uh, crowd who are smashing their own beer bottles against counters and punching each other in the face out of excitement as this match just really hits the fan. Um, but yes, uh, a, a silence now, once again, um, fills the entire squared circle saloon. And for the briefest moment, absolutely nothing can be heard in the town of Grappler's Gulch. And then vibration. People start to feel a rumbling beneath their feet, almost imperceptible to begin with. This is, this is the kind of place where a lot of things happen that cause tables to shake and windows to rattle, but not like this. And as the rumbling grows louder and louder and louder, and the frames of the windows shake, and the very walls of the building start to vibrate, and people start to look around, not, no longer excited by the mayhem, but concerned, confused, even a little bit scared. And then all of a sudden, there is a single titanic, perfectly harmonic, <laughs> of every single cow in the booming cattle town of Grappler's Gulch as they stampede through the main window of the saloon and flood the stage, carrying off some patrons, carrying off a few members of Mad Dog's gang and raising their leader, their hero, the the icon who gives them their purpose high up into the air, carrying him out the window, um, out out into the streets of Grappler's Gulch and out into the night as a, <laughs> as a swarm of bovine mayhem just consumes the Squared Circle Saloon. For about three or four minutes, tables are destroyed. Um, precious alcohol is broken and spilled. Uh, people are harmed in a way they were not expecting, as opposed to the way they assumed they would get battered around tonight. But after a moment, um, 
And after, what is the last thing you say before you are carried out of the saloon um, by your, or by every single cow in Grappler's Gulch? You shall not, none of you, ever again have a cow, man. <laughs> um, and with that, yeah, with that, you had gone into the night um, and your, your herd follow you. And all is silent once again. There's a brief pause. The announcer looks very nervously. He looks up to a very unhappy looking, well-dressed man in a velvet waistcoat sitting on the upper balcony. And then dusting himself off, the announcer makes his way back into the ring, uh, takes, a, takes a beat to watch the patrons settle. Um, and, uh, oh, well, uh, all, uh, all part of the program, I can, I can very much assure you folks, please get yourself another drink. And, uh, well, it's time for the next round of tonight's entertainment. Uh, for, for you, Dave, can I just sort of like whisper to me? That mean I won. Sit down, McCree. Please. Morning, boys. I want another fight there, boys. No one disrespect the name of Mad Dog McCree. Undefeated. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, um, uh, without further ado, uh, making their way to the ring, hailing from the desert wastes of Colorado, Auntie. Earwig. Silence amongst the area. There is this old woman. She is keeled over with a lovely black, thick, raggedy cloth. The smell of garbage and mold fills the air. You see her face, and somehow she's both oily and dry at the same time. Her fingernails are all yellow and broken, and she's got bottom like three teeth maximum. Her eyes are like angry but sad and happy at the same time. She's a very confusing old woman. I know you can hear underneath this is like scritchy scratching. So she likes a scritchy scratching, like a pitter patter of like thousands of little tiny greasy feet. And I don't know why this face is happening, but I'm really fucking happy about it. All right. Oh, is she an Australian? No, come back around. <laughs> <laughs> A little pitter patter of feet all around, and then she can hear the little scratching of big things swinging on the wooden floor as she passes through. And as she throws off her cloak, she is draped in these huge bullet belts that drape along the floor like eight long, gangly legs that connect from her back. There are insects that crawl into her hair and over her skin, and they are all so happy to be there. Before she crawls into the ring, and I mean crawl like a little bug. She takes a little cockroach out of her ear, whispers a little sweet nothing to it, then bites its head off and swallows the body whole. She's really Jesus great. Gross. That was reliably <laughs> disgusting, though. <laughs> I'm so happy I created a character that was fully disgusting rather than pretending to be someone else. Um, and then I just like scurry into the ring, like kind of up the post on one side, along with the ring, and then down into the middle. I'm like, <sighs> okay. <sighs> and on that bug Dang shell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so Auntie Iwig now stands alone in all of her unsettling, 
um, insectoidness in the center of the ring. Um, and then, so the audience cast their eyes up the ramp back to the large red velvet curtain which uh, wrestlers enter from at the start of a match. Um, it is currently wide open. You can see nothing at the moment but uh, darkness and shadow behind. There's no sign of your opponent, no sign of anybody. And then in, in a single moment, moving faster than something its size could, a huge mass of fur and claws and teeth and scars erupts out from behind the curtains, barrels down the um, ramp. Can you please make a power roll for me right now? Ah, so stressful. <laughs> Uh, power roll is, oh shit, it's five. Um, a colossal, the size of a wagon, uh, scarred grizzly bear just bounds down the ramp and full on tackles you to the ground, pushing you against the mat with um, huge bear hands. It opens its jaw really wide, snarls a bellowing <laughs> bear roar in your face and a big thick blob of bear drool drips under your chin. Um, it licks teeth which are still stained with blood and you can see bits of dried flesh and bone of its previous play. There is a really, there's a single really nasty scar going down one of its eyes. Its left eye is completely whited out. Um, it gnashes the air in front of you, bellows again um, to exert its dominance to everyone in the room around you and starts to move slowly but forcefully its huge teeth towards your neck. What are you doing? Uh, so, right, okay, well, number one, I'm so fucking happy I'm literally wrestling in a fucking bear. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, okay, so he's going to go for my uh, teeth and I, what I do is I, first of all, I just let my little tongue drop out onto my chin where that bear drool was and I just lap it up <sighs> and I swallow it to the back of my neck. I mix it with my spit and I just enjoy that fully gross berry smell. I miss it. It's been a long time. Now, as his teeth come towards my neck, I just reach my scraggly nails that are broken and brittle, and I scratch them up his body, aiming to scalp. It's not scalp because that's not his scalp. That's his stomach. What would you call it if you're skinning someone's stomach? Skinning. skinning. That's what we yeah, call skinning. it. Yeah, skinning. Yeah, there we Gutting. go. Yeah. Gutting. Yeah, <laughs> disembowelment. Fine, whatever feels you about. And I curl my nasty nails all the way up his body, trying to take off just chunks of flesh and fur. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, um, it's been a while since I said this, low, but it feels right. That's going to be a roll on reel. Yeah. <laughs> Eight. Eight. Um, that'll do it. Yeah, you're... Um, the nails on your fingers have somehow got harder and um, denser and more dangerous with age. And you scrape um, 10 like equidistant uh, nail marks up its sort of big, hairy, sinewy stomach. Um, a little trickle of blood follows each individual line as Ollie grows visually more uncomfortable with the whole thing. <laughs> um, so visual. <laughs> and, <laughs> I get a lot of stick for this in the comments. And then um, he, uh, the bear roars in agony um, back onto its hind legs um, and tries to push you away. It is now you know, on its hind legs, roaring into the air, like batting against its stomach um, in pain and slightly confused. What are you doing? I say, oh, can you not bear it? <laughs> For, for, oh, the brief, uh, for the briefest <laughs> moment, for the briefest moment, you think maybe the bear is giving you a disapproving look, but it's a bear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Uh, I feel like while he's going in agony and just freaking out, I'm going to just like go back onto my haunches, like a little like instep preparing to pounce. I'm going to jump as high as I can and do the same, but on his eyes. Okay. That's, that's another real role for sure. Um, yeah. All right. Missed you. That's, <laughs> that's a 10. <laughs> um, so moving with <laughs> moving moving with a grace and speed that uh, does not seem to suit your advanced age, you leap into the air. A full um, it's got to be close to ten feet as you, I guess, part leap, part mountain climb, like a billy goat up this bear's body to get to its some um, huge skull. Nanny goat. <laughs> nice, nice. I like it. <laughs> Like <laughs> a nanny go, um, yeah, up its body, up onto its head. Uh, it's you can see from the the white in its scarred eye that it's blinded that eye, and it is simply not quick enough, or does not have the reflexes or the depth perception to uh, account for this um, disgusting, <laughs> um, tiny little seemingly nuisance, but now a real threat to its life that's clambered onto its head. Yeah, you go for it again. You manage to not only blind it in its other eye, but you full-on claw out the whited-out oh eye that is already blind. Um, <laughs> the bear manages to, just in an accidental sort of flail, um, knock you off its head where you land safely on the mat and clutches its face in agony. Um, it is in a bad, a ba bear, bad way. He's <laughs> in a bad way. I'm not proud of that one. Out. Not proud of that one at all. What are you doing? It's all right. All right. Well, first things first. I'm the claw. The eye that's come completely out. I've got it on my nail. I'm just gonna get on that. I don't want to waste that kind of protein. Uh, right. So I'm safely on the mat now. It's my chance to like get him down and get him fully over. So I'm just gonna grab their ankles. I have to assume they're called the ankles of the bear. I don't know, but that is a powerful. Um, that's fine. <laughs> All right. No, you own that, man. You own that. Mm. Oh, so sorry, guys. I missed you too. Right. So I'm going to pull his feet out from underneath him as quick as possible to help him to land on his back, winding him and hopefully, like, just knocking his neck out a little bit. That is going to be a full on power roll. I hate power. Can I go back to being real and try to kill him? <laughs> oh, that is a 12. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> Lolo, Auntie Earwig, you are a small, old, super gross woman. You're... I'm small, but termite. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, you're a termite mouse for sure. You are, yeah, you're a small old woman, um, but you have you you displayed uncanny degrees of um, physical prowess that nobody expected from some of your statue appearance. And yeah, you, you get the, your small but powerful hands across the ankle of the bear. You tug it by its ankles as hard as you can. The bear flips and falls, boom, onto its back, and you hear a sickening crack as its neck breaks under the weight of its own body and skull as it lands on the mat, on that natural 12. Um, and it lies there, motionless, defeated, and thoroughly dead, as the blood from the various wounds you inflicted upon it just spread across the floor beneath it. Ah, uh, your winner, anti-earwig. And the crowd erupts um, in a combination of disgust and applause. What a grisly fate. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I fucking love it. I don't want to kill him. Oh, <laughs> oh too late, I guess. <laughs> he did die, but 
<laughs> a bit late for that, Matt. I feel like there's... I just I want mean, to break his neck a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That is an example of revisionist history, if I ever saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. Do I at least get to keep the carcass? Um, Auntie, you can do whatever you want with that big old dead bear. Mama's going to make a new tent. <laughs> <laughs> and as you, as you drag this massive wagon-sized um, ursine monster um, back up the ramp and out of the ring, uh, the... The um, old but handsome, broad-shouldered, well-dressed man on the upper balcony who's been watching this match with especially close intent smiles a little smile in the corner of his mouth just for a moment. So, Colorado Buckshot Wrestling is the primary, if not only, means of entertainment in uh, in Grappler's Gulch. And every single person in this bar is watching the matches intently. That's why they're here. Well, everyone except one. Ollie, please can you tell us who we see sitting at the bar on his own? Well, it's, uh, it's a man with no name. No name. He doesn't have a name. No one knows his name, but he's always there, always there to help people out. And sitting next to him at the bar with, uh, because he's, you know, no name is having a little shot of whiskey, you know, casually knocking them back, enjoying the atmosphere. Sitting next to him is his horse, also with a hoof, drinking its own little shot, knocking it back. Um, as, as you and your horse drink shot after shot, um, <laughs> your, your old west grizzled body is able to take the alcohol like, like a couple of really tough folk. There is a sudden dong, 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 and the chimes in the town clock ring out another eight times. It is high noon. I take the slip of paper from out of my jacket pocket and I show it to the horse and the horse goes <laughs> and I look at the paper and I go, yeah, Main Street, high noon. I hope you're quick on the draw. Let's see who sent me this note, horsey. <laughs> okay, and as the two of you make your way um, surprisingly inconspicuously for a man just knocking back whiskey with his horse <laughs> um, uh, out into the out into the desert sun in the main street of Grappler's Gulch at high noon as the clock reaches its twelfth chime and as you make your way to the centre of the main street you see standing at the opposite end a man silhouetted by the bright sun a man in dark clothes and a dark hat whose face is obscured by his wide brim and the beating sun behind him. His hand moves slowly out to his side and his fingers begin to very slowly twitch. I was just telling Horsey to, to stand back. <laughs> <laughs> What do you want? Who are you? Why do you keep sending me these messages? No response, no movement 
from Mystery Man, except for more twitching his fingers as his hand moves almost imperceptibly closer to his holster. I reach for my own gun, but not quite touching it. I don't know who this is. I'm a good guy. I'm not going to shoot first, but I am quick on the draw. There's no one who's quicker on the draw than me. So I know if he does go for it, I'll definitely take him out non-lethally. Okay. Um, The man reaches up and puts two slim fingers over the brim of his hat and then dips it a little further down, just obscuring his face that little bit more in shadow. You hear a voice come from the shadow saying one thing. It's Hanun. So you are the one who sent me this note. And as soon as you finish your sentence, his hand whips towards his holster. I would like a work roll from you, please. Oh my God. Work is plus two. Ooh. So that's a, uh, that's a, natu- that's a non-natural 12. Oh. Hey. Um, okay. He whips out a, um, a, a gleaming black revolver, um, uh, straightens his arm out, um, straight as an arrow. His, sh- his um, elbow locks into place. Uh, one of his eyes um, squints slightly as he gets a bead on you. Um, but just before he can pull the trigger... Horsey, evasive action! <laughs> and that horsey jumps out the way as a sort of distraction, kicks the, the hoof, the back hoof, kicks some dust up, it flows in the air. I roll the other way, gun out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's... um. Where do those four shots go? Two in the leg, two in the arms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you hear four short, sharp cries of pain as uh, this this um, this man in black uh, drops to his knees, uh, drops his revolver on the ground, and then falls onto his back, panting. His hat rolls back, and you can see him now prone in the distance um, on the other side of town, just looking up, looking up um, at the bright sun, um, bleeding out from the in- incredibly precise, non-lethal wounds you inflicted upon him. What are you doing? He's just lying there right now. I hop on horsey. We trot over about six meters. I get off horsey and I pull the, the, the cowboy hat off of this guy's head to find you, out who he is. You gaze down at the face of a man you have never seen before in your life. Who are you? <laughs> man who's still getting paid. This can either be uh, a power roll or a real roll. And I will let you pick. Because I'm nice. I'm a nice guy. (laughs) Thanks for choosing those two. Powers minus two, reels minus one. So I'm going to go with real. Okay. Smart. Make that roll. Do it now, shouldn't I? Bam, bam, bam. Three. A three. Oh, oh man. Um, so as you are looking down intently at the face of this man who you just don't recognize, who is, whose grin and chuckle is erupting into a more raucous laugh, um, a shot crack, rings out in the air and a, a hot pellet of 
nearly molten lead shoots through your shoulder from behind you, erupts out the other side, and pff, bursts into the, into the um, sand on the main street of Grappler's Gulch. Shot from behind, straight to the shoulder. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, ouch. Um, I immediately, again, evasive maneuvers. I take the guy who, who I shot down originally. I sort of get him by the, the scruff of the neck and run to cover on the other side of the main street town behind some crates or something meanwhile horsey evasive action he knows what to do he ro rolls the other way the standard kick of dust up into the air as well to cloud the movement and he goes to the other side of the street <laughs> we're now in tactical flanking positions okay um and where are you looking i'm looking down the from behind me from where the shot came from okay um you can you can roll and work for this i think because it's yeah it's about eagle-eyed astuteness so plus two, that is another natural, no, a non-natural 12. Ooh. Okay, um, you narrow your eyes Clint Eastwood style, looking across, um, looking across um, the main street of Grappler's Gulch, and you see um, standing on a balcony of a smaller hotel on the other side of town, a man, a man with a long range rifle leaning against the balcony, you're not able to see his face, but you can see the almost glint of the smile of pristine white teeth, and you get the impression of a, of a really handsome young man. He wears a red hat, and he just steps back into the shadows of the balcony, and like a ghost, is gone. Who the hell is that? And I take the, the guy who I'd, I'd just wrestled with the scruff of the neck over, and I say, who, who is that? Who was that there? <laughs> Uh, I don't know and I don't care. I just like the colour of his gold. And his eyes flutter and he passes out from the pain of the gunshots to all Not four least, of his limbs. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not killing him, but ruining his quality of life. <laughs> it's non-lethal, it's the babyface way. <laughs> and we are going to leave you there on Main Street for now. And we return to the interior of the Squared Circle Saloon. The crowds have gathered outside the windows to watch a classic Western duel take place in the main street. But now they've returned to their tables, returned to their drinks, and returned their eyes to the ring. Once again, the gas lights in the saloon begin to dim as the projector whirs into life and the phonograph cracks and pops and another old timey sorry current timey movie uh is played against the screen laurie um so what appears on screen is a young man in a gleaming pristine white shirt with a white hat uh, and on the phonogram you can hear uh, a voiceover that's been recorded say let me tell you the legend of tex machina Young gunslinger who rode into town from the east is doling out his own form of justice with hot lead. Some would say that this boy looked like he should have been in Sunday school. Would have been safer for him, because the Bible says, Thou shalt not kill, but not many people out this way do much in the way of reading. Never mind though, because Tex seems like he's got God on his side, like divine intervention is keeping him from meeting his end. Tex overcame Twitchy Digits Gomez, and it cuts to a shot of this uh, 
really rough looking bandit with a huge moustache like all the way down to his uh, I'm going to say down to his neck this goes down there that's how big his moustache is um, and he's dirty faced and he says uh, Gomez was one of the fastest guns in the west but Tex stood up to him at gorgeous at the gorgeous gorge and uh, left him laying buried beneath the rocks he took on Casey Tailbone and his gang of gambling bandits the one-armed bandits and he left them all buried six feet under. He took on Buck Naked Ned, and you see a completely naked man appear on screen. <laughs> they left him stark bollock in the middle of the street, left to die. He took on Klutzy Kate, and it's uh, a woman who's uh, slipping out in the process of falling over in this photograph. Uh, he, he not only shot her, but he left her falling off a cliff out of the, out of the gorge. He took on Lawless Lucy, the warrior princess catching her bladed boomerang and throwing it back at her. And he also took down Jimmy the Prick. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, <and> that's... <laughs> um, can, can, what, what image is there for Jimmy the Prick? What do we see for Jimmy the Prick? <laughs> it's, it's a guy, he's holding a newspaper that says something particularly right-wing and he's just pointing at somebody. And <laughs> 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 um, uh, yeah, so it just says, uh, some say that... Uh, Tex has luck on his side. Some say it's talent, but either way, he's here to clean up Grappler's Gulch. The phonograph pops to a stop. The projector um, clicks off. The lights um, come up again uh, around the ring. And the announcer uh, makes his way to the edge of the apron, calling out, making his way to the ring, hailing from Karen, North Carolina. Juice takes Machina. So uh, I guess someone starts playing up the music on the piano. This is a proper old-time Western uh, hoedown song as Tex bursts from the uh, curtain to uh, applause as uh, he's definitely like the babyface character here. He starts to walk down the ramp and people are handing him various bits and bobs. He takes two dice or someone rolls them and he rolls two sixes. He uh, has a spin on the roulette wheel, slamming his number down on a very, like on number 19, spins round, 19 lands. They hand him his chips on the way. He just makes his way to the ring and stands there, pleating his glory. Rapturous applause erupts from the populace of Grappler's Gulch. Um, for this um, bona fide Western legend, the real deal. The announcer makes his way back to the apron, making his way to the ring, hailing from deep within the holy man, the Reverend Coal Fire. There is the sound of church organs playing out huge, powerful chords um, that cause the ring itself to rattle. There is a thump 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 of lumbering footsteps and ducking to get his head underneath the um underneath the top of the entranceway from which the entrance come down the ring is a huge man he has a priest's collar around his neck a thick wide-brimmed black hat um over the top of his head he wears across his shoulders um a large black robe he has huge heavy um mining boots on his feet uh, his upper torso is bare, and you can see just huge, nasty-looking, knotted, sinewy muscles. Um, his hands are covered in coal dust, and sunken um, in the sockets where his eyes are, you just see two black pits. As he makes his way down the ramp, he stands in front of you, towering several feet above you. 
looks down at you, bends almost well, 90 degrees so he can look you deep in the eye and says, So, a man and God, I and little tiny flames burn within these black orbs for a second. And then he stands up and just looks at you with this intense, righteous glare. What are you doing, Tex? I care little for God. But when I finish you, they're going to call it divine pintervention. <laughs> And I'm going to charge him and go for a clothesline. Okay, um, so make a, make a power roll. You're wearing white, make a power roll. Uh, seven. A seven. Uh, very nice. Um, you, you have to literally jump off the ground a little bit to get your, well, a lot in fact, um, to get your arm into this guy's um, like upper torso and neck, but it manages to connect. And as it does, the, this huge statured man, his head knocks against the, um, the ring bell and it goes dong, 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 as the match starts. He stumbles back two or three feet on these big heavy boots, but this is a, this is a mountain of a man and he isn't toppled yet. Um, he shakes his head at you and makes the mine of the cross on his chest. <laughs> uh, I'm going to, uh, right off that close, I'm going to run up to the turnbuckle, jump onto the second one and leap off with a drop kick. And drop kick. Okay, that's, I think that's top rope flashy enough um, for you to roll for work. That is a three. It's a three. Um, so yeah, your, your body crunches up to this drop kick. You stretch out, your feet connect with his chest and he doesn't even move an inch this time. You just fall to the ground. Um, he picks up one of his uh, dirty boots and puts the heel of it into your chest um, and then leans down against you. First, I want you to make a power roll. Ten. Ten. Okay, he, he pushes his heel into your chest. You're able to keep the weight of it off you um, and prevent it from doing any real damage. Um, these, yeah, these sort of thick eyes are now almost, uh, these sort of dark orbs are almost burning, blazing with fire now. You lie, boy. You lie. Um, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to attempt to trip him up. Okay, that's a work roll for sure. And uh, that's a six. That's a six. Got minus one on everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, yeah, you try to get your, you try to get your feet around his ankles, um, but they're big, thick ankles, and he's a big old boy. Um, and he does not move a muscle. He um, picks you up from the ground, uh, high up into the air, as if to sort of get you into a power bomb, um, but then tosses you clean across the ring. Um, so you land spine first into the, um, in, into the ring post. He cracks his knuckles and cracks his head. He coughs a little bit of coal dust out of his mouth and says, mm, they're going to need a call church and rescue when I'm done with you. He starts to lumber towards you. Uh, I'm going to say, you hold it right there, you no good, dirty varmint. I am here to clean up this town and we don't want you and your kind here. Get out while you still can. My kind, I'm the very body and coal of this town. <laughs> and he attempts to um, just like, 
just give you a real stiff lariat right where you're still pinned up against the turnbuckle just to try and crush you into powder. You're going to need a power roll to resist this. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight. Eight. Um, nice. Yeah, he, he swings. Again, he swings his arm into you. Um, but yeah, um, on an eight, we'll say he, yeah, he just seems to whiff just above your head somehow. Like you, you kind of brace yourself to the impact of this. Like this is, this is like a power response. You're trying to get the, trying to get your body firm enough to take the hit. Um, but for some reason, it just, he just seems to be off his game for this one shot. And his big heavy arm whiffs above your head and clunks against the turnbuckle. Splinters a bit of wood off the top of it. And um, what okay. are you doing? So as he steps back, sort of reeling from that, I'm going to push him and say, now Karma's a good judge of character, boy. And you, my friend, are fucked. And I'm going to run and try and hit a, a, one of my special moves, which is the Hurricane Karma. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. As it's just, if, it, it, it feels like a work move. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Hurricane Karma. So you can roll and work for that. Come on. Yeah, an eight. An eight, nice. Yeah, take us, it's your signature move. Take us through it. Um, so as I run and it's just a full bodied leap, uh, I managed to leap the, the extra couple of feet that he has on me to get my legs around his head. As I do, uh, my two spurs on my, uh, boots clink together, pleasingly causing a nice little glint and a gleam as I then whip him round, flipping him over onto his back. Um, yeah, with a, with an almighty boom, his huge frame lands on his back on the mat and he is prone. What are you doing? Uh, I'm going to go for my finisher and start calling for it. Uh, I'm going to start stomping my boot into the floor to set up a clap and a count as I'm waiting for him to get to his feet. Okay, so to see how well this clap goes down, roll and look. Uh, That is an 11. It's an 11. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so you stomp and you stomp and you stomp and you stomp. um, And the crowd immediately pick up on this rhythm. They... They know, they know a good foot shot when they hear it, and everyone in the saloon begins to stomp as well in unison with you. Um, they cheer, they clap, they holler, they stomp. Um, it's almost as if the cows have come back. The saloon is rattling so much at this point. Reverend Colfire gets is able to get up to his feet, and he begins to prepare his own finisher. He um, claps some more coal dust against his hands, and then starts to rub these big, thick, callous mitts against the buckle of his belt, and still sparks um, begin to emit from it. The sparks catch on the coal dust in his hands, and fire begins to engulf them. He just starts to rub more and more coal from his body until his hands are these two huge, flaming, finger sort of flaming, flaming hands. That'll do. Till his hands are these two big old flaming hands. Um, he puts them together and almost seems to start to form some kind of ball out of it. He's about to hit his famous finisher, the Black Coal Sun, and starts <laughs> to move towards you. Um, what are you doing? Hadoukened. Uh, so I'm yeah, going to swing for my... I've been setting up for it, so I, I thought I was going to swing for my finisher and see what happens. Um, go for your finisher. Roll those 2d6. Cool. So my finisher is the Lucky Strike, the Sheriff Star Lariat. I start to uh, warm up my arm ready for it, and I spin on the spot twice, and then using the momentum, go to nail him in the face with a big forearm. And seven. Seven. Okay, on a seven, you just about made it. Oh. So you go in, you go in with the, um, the Sheriff Star, you say, right? Mm-hmm. You go, you go in with the Sheriff Star, um, 
and you've you've tried to um you've tried to use physical force against this guy before and hasn't had much effect um and at this point it doesn't seem to have much effect either but a lot happens in that brief moment where your arm is about to connect with his body um time seems to slow down from your perspective for a moment the arm swings in it gets closer and closer and closer um Reverend Colfire begins to move this big hot ball of flame towards you. And then the rumble on the ground from the audience, which you can feel under yourself, causing your, your feet to kind of lose their footing. And the same with the Reverend Colfire, just as your arm swings for his chest, just as you kind of feel that moment that this is, realistically, this is not going to do it. He's just too big. He loses his balance as the ground starts to rumble and tips backwards. Um, your arm misses him by a fraction but to everyone's eyes, it looks like it connected beautifully and he begins to fall. He tries to use his flaming hands to right his balance. And as he foolishly touches his own robes to do it, he begins to erupt in flame as his own fire starts to burn his own clothes and spread across his body. He lets out an almost supernatural howl of pain at this point as he rides across the ground, um, burning in fire. Um, the audience roar and cheer. The announcer clearly thinks that is a, enough of a win. Um, at, at this stage to, uh, to call you the victor. And he, um, he shakes the rope to ring the bell out um, and starts calling out, you're a winner, Tex, Machina. But you can't hear it. You're, you're almost deafened, as is everybody, by the sound of the feet drumming and by the sound of these burning flames as your currently still living opponent rides on the ground in agony. This shit keeps happening. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Is that where you want to leave it? Uh, I, I'll attempt to put him out. Um, <laughs> um, how are you going to do that? Uh, I'm going to sort of cast around for if there's any, anything to, uh, any liquid in the room. Um, 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 oh, okay. Make a, make a, make a work roll. <laughs> No, make a real uh, roll. Sorry, real. This is going to be real. This is outside real. of the ring. Yeah, three, three. You you find yeah. You find a big like um a big bottle of something. Oh yeah, it's no. gonna be it's <laughs> gonna be water. And um yeah, you 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 being you're a white hat. You're a good guy. You know you're not going to let this man burn to death. You pick up this um this bucket of water. Um and as you as you toss it over this man's body, uh, and as the bucket passes your eyes, you realize this isn't a bucket. This is a bottle. This isn't water. Well. This is definitely fire water, and the Reverend Colfire is doused in some extremely strong whiskey. His unholy screams um, wail almost like the spirits of the dead themselves for a moment and echo in the air um, before the fire behind his eyes is snuffed out. And uh, yes, <laughs> and Reverend Colfire lies um, in ashes. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no one to say the last rites either. <laughs> the the legend of Tex Machina continues. Um, the announcer cries to try and get the shocked silence out of the room and get everyone back into good spirits. And yeah, they erupt into applause. We all start. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. While everyone in the saloon is crowding around the great hero Tex Machina for felling this giant uh, in the ring, a very gross old woman is enjoying her favourite tipple at the bar. Lo, can you tell us what Auntie is drinking right now? Um, I am drinking. Um, so it's called the. I'm going to call it the Rini Roach, um, and it's a uh, tequila, and then it's a uh, salt. And a bit of lime, it's quite normal. And then I'm going to say it's three locusts and a moth. And if I can get it, that kind of weird slobbery boogery stuff that comes out the like the horse's snot face oh. thing. No, that's it. Specifically from Horsey, if I can, because he seems like a nice horse. And I bet he does some really good snot. Um, and then it's all grinded in together, <laughs> a bit like the way that you grind the bottom of a mojito, and then I down it in one. And it's kind of got that lovely consistency of an oyster. Yes, that lovely consistency of an oyster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. do you know what I really like? Like a, like, uh, you know how you rim a glass like with mm-hmm. like a margarita? I wonder if you can do that with like salt and dried skin. Oh, come on. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, let's... Grate it off. Mm. Let, let, let's say we can. Let's say we can. And let's That's put an end keeper. to this. <laughs> so as you as you down your signature drink, which strangely no one else in the bar ever seems to order, um, a, a heavy shadow um, casts itself across you and across the bar. 
um, and you look up to see a, a tall figure, um, a man in a very nice suit wearing an expensive looking velvet waistcoat, um, broadly muscled and clearly the, uh, the high cheekbones of very good breeding behind his thick handlebar moustache. He reaches out a hand towards you and says, uh, you're a very impressive woman, anti-earwig. Well, <laughs> Allow me to introduce myself. I am the mayor of this town. Mayor Cash. Mayor Quentin Cash. <laughs> Yay! Uh, <yeah>. The <laughs> love. It's like a, it it's like the fountain. By, yeah, it's the fountain by Aronofsky. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you got a really raw deal in this one. <laughs> it's the QCU. <laughs> uh, awesome. Is, it, is your hand still on my shoulder? Um, he, his hand has reached out for you to shake. Oh, can I just lick it? Yes. Cool. <laughs> he, looks, he looks at it. Just nods a little and smiles. I expected nothing less. <laughs> now, tell me, where did you, how did, that is one of the most impressive, you were right there, miss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, it's a love that travels through time and it exists all the way. We just don't know how it works. Go through, my love. <laughs> that is one of the most impressive feats of, well, just about gushed down anything I've ever seen in my many years, both in this town and in this promotion. Tell me how, how did a, how did a seemingly unassuming woman like yourself with such grace and uh, beauty, how did you manage to fell such a gigantic creature? Well, I wanted to sleep in something warm tonight. Um, so I thought I just needed, you know, to hollow out something to crawl into. And he just stumbled in without me even having to worry about it. It was great. <laughs> ah, well, fortune favours the brave. Yeah. And speaking of bravery, well, I was hoping you might do me a favour. Anything for you, sweet pea. What do you want? Anything for me? Well, I, I appreciate how friendly you're being, considering we have only really just met, but I will not look a gift horse in the mouth. Now, I'm not sure if you were here earlier today, but my town seems to have run into something of a cow problem. Uh, and I, that's not the calf of it. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. And, well, a big old monstrous cowman is great entertainment to get people shilling their coin for my fine liquor, but it is not good, ultimately, for the prosperity of my town if they are running roughshod through our streets and disrupting perfectly good business. Yeah, I've seen those people cower before them. They are creatures to be feared by the everyday man, for sure, but not creatures to be feared by someone of your caliber, of your guts, to coin a phrase. Now, oh, you're too kind, sir. Oh, I'm an old southern gentleman. I try to be kind to everyone. 
Yeah, you taste nice. I'll take it. It's a compliment <laughs> and I'll take it. <laughs> um, these, are, these are exceptionally well-bred hands. And oh, he, um, change your mind. <laughs> just looks at his fingers very briefly. So, very simply, if you would track down this cow Guevara. No, Che Guevara isn't alive yet. Um, <laughs> um, Does that matter? Because that's what we're going for here is consistency. A horse was drinking at the bar. <laughs> hey, you leave horse out of this Yes, but he was drinking at a historically accurate bar <laughs> and drinking a drink that was available at the time. Um, okay, we'll keep it. Cow Guevara. Um, well, there's pretty much... Uh, if you if you could track down this cow Guevara for me, I would do well. I'm the mayor of this town. I run this town. Everything runs through me. If there's anything you need in return for such a kindness, I will be more than happy to do it for you. Oh, anything? Okay. What is it that you want? Well, there's a few things I want. Um, which are kind of hard to describe, and I'm worried about losing my accent over this. Right, okay, there we go. Uh, so, uh, number one, I get to keep whatever I destroy. That's what I need. Um, I need a new tent. The last one got a little bit moldy because I don't like drying them out. I like to sleep with them wet. Uh, do you know what I'd really like? I would like you to give me the circle of land around this town. So I can build a termite colony. Well, let's start with whatever it is you can destroy and we can <laughs> discuss the rest later. Um, Please don't now, live in my corpse. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, I'm afraid, as you can probably see, the town is already in a bad shape. And, well, the Moogie Man is very much a legend. And if you could do me the kindness of keeping it that way, then we can talk. And he reaches out his hand once more for you to shake. Oh, it's cryptic as fuck. What? what? <clears throat> okay, sure. Uh, can I just like scrape the dry skin off the top of it and just like sprinkle it into my drink? Just like, because this is dry. No matter how nice you look after your hands, it's still going to be dry. So I'm just going to take a little bit, just put it in, mix it in. <laughs> All right, it's canon now. Um, he, uh, <laughs> he tips his hat to you and makes his way back through the crowd um, to his his seat on the top balcony. Okay, um, we now cut to, um, we now cut to the local doctor, the Sawbones, whose name, as luck should have it, is Dr. Sawbones, in his roughshod, uh, rough and ready, uh, old timey, nope, I keep doing it, um, current timey <laughs> doctor's office. <laughs> it's the present day. <laughs> um, there are some rather, some rather unpleasant looking surgical tools. There are sort of bottles of tinctures and snake oils and tonics um, and some, some bloody rags, some buckets of bits. Uh, medicine in the Old West is not a pretty business and Dr. Sawbones is not a pretty man. Um, but he is nonetheless attending to the man you shot in every single limb out on Main Street. Um, because as you said yourself, you're a good guy. Non-lethal. Non-lethal. <laughs> I'm lethal. Um, uh, tell me again what happened here. 
<laughs> well, if the old West has taught me anything, it's that there's three kinds of people. Those who get shot in all four limbs, those who get shot in the shoulder. And? What? No, no, I said all the, said all the things. <laughs> well, all right. Now, I'm no lawman. I'm not going to ask any uncomfortable questions. Honestly, I don't care if you... This man is a, a saint himself for you decided to shoot in all the most useful parts of his body. Honestly, the more people get hurt, the more money I make. But so I can at least perform my job properly, please tell me exactly what happened here. Well, he went to shoot me. I dived out the way. It was a really cool, uh, evasive maneuver thing. Uh, there was smoke in, like, sort of dust kicked up as a as Okay, a Ollie, I want you to make a, right now, a work or a real roll. No, uh, sorry, no. I'm going to do a work It's roll. the other one, sorry. It was work or... It's real or power. Yeah, real or power. Real or power? Yeah. Oh, so minus one then for real. Uh, oh, it's three. Three. Um... Okay, there is another crack in the air, a shattering of glass as another bullet shoots into the doctor's office and punctures you right in your other shoulder. Oh, come on! <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you're going to take a penalty, a minus one penalty on your work score now. My um, work this hit. score, damn it. Um, uh, yes, and you turn to see standing in... The st standing in the main street just by the window, holding a gleaming red revolver and with a red hat on his head, um, a man you recognize very well. He looks you straight in the eye. Damn, 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 damn. Leaps onto the back of a beautiful red horse and begins to start galloping down main street. What are you doing? Horsey. It's Quickdraw, the man I've been hunting throughout the Old West all this time. Horsey, you know, sees what happens, puts down his drink, and I hop on <laughs> Horsey's back, and we pursue Quickdraw. It's okay. It's okay, man with no name. You can call your horse by his real name now. Let's get him. Ranger Zone. <laughs> <laughs> so back inside the, back inside the saloon, um, the projector clicks into life, the phonograph cracks and pebbles, and the title sequence um, for the popular Wild West stage show, uh, Rick Thunder, Ranger Zone, back into life. <laughs> um, Ollie, can you give me the first slide from that, please? Yeah, so the, the, there's someone on a honky-tonk-style piano. A legend of the man with no name. You turned out to be Rick Thunder. He rides everywhere with his trusty steed, Ranger Zone, always in pursuit of Quickdraw. Once he finds Quickdraw, only then can he return home. <laughs> uh, um, we, we now cut back to the street as you leap onto the back of Ranger Zone and start chasing Quickdraw on his red horse um, down, yeah, down the street, down through the town. What are you doing? I, I fire off two shots uh, at the horse's legs, non-lethal. Okay, um, we're going to need a work roll for that. Ah, oh, bollocks. That is only, only, only four. Only four. Um, you, yeah, you, you fire um, two shots pew, pew, very quickly. Um, from your, what's your revolver look like? It is. Uh, it's it's got twelve holes for, for the natural twelve that I am, uh, and it's 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 like a, it's like a, I don't know. It's like the side of a plane wing. 
Oh, awesome awesome amazing fantastic fucking love it okay yeah there's the sand explodes in two places the shots just miss as the hooves of um red mare um shoot down the high street further and take a turn um around the side of um around the side of a barn what are you doing that's the sound i make with a turn i hop off of the off of range zone range zone again he splits he goes round one way and i start love it love it trying to cut off uh quick draw who is really tim quick uh, and i go for my barrel roll so as i jump off of uh ranger zone i'm just firing 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 firing, firing. <laughs> in, okay in that's a sort of circle magnificent man that's a work roll that's an eight an eight um yeah you you do a barrel roll um <laughs> the air. um one of your one of your bullets goes straight through the red hat on um tim quick's head um knocking it off his head and revealing his um his blonde locks and his boyishly handsome face yes he shakes <laughs> you. um he turns around too far a ten times around to fire another shot at you but another of your barrel roll shots um knocks the red revolver out of one of his hands yeah a good thing I always carry two. And he pulls out a um, white revolver now from his other, from his other um, holster and turns around to fire a shot at you. Um, what are you doing? I get out a lasso. It's, uh, it's time for the airplane spin. <laughs> and I launch it over and I, I, get, I get a quick draw and start to yank him over to me. Um, okay, that would be a... Ooh, that's going to be a... That's going to be a work roll to get him, and then it's going to be a power roll to yank him over. So the work roll is nine? Nine, but yeah. Um, the airplane spin is beautiful. Goes straight over the top of his shoulders. His arms get pulled to his sides. Ah, I hate you so much! <laughs> You're done, quick draw. Help me get back to my home time. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but it's not good. It's a four. Oh, no. It's a re-roll. It's a four. So are you, are you, you back on Ranger's Oh, yes, you have your re-rolls. Oh. No, I, I can I can re-roll for for what I, I I will do anything to get back home. So yes. I'm okay. So what are you there? What are you, what are you going to do then to to sort of up the ante here and make that roll? Um, yeah, to justify that re-roll. So I. So so um, again, we'll say on that first failed roll, you try to tug him off, but yeah. You're, you're, you're not, <laughs> come on, guys. Almost <laughs> ruined my computer there. <laughs> we're, better, we're better than this. I think we're better. No, than we're this. not. No, we're wet with anticipation. You've been watching this show, Tom. <laughs> Better than that. How's he going to get back to his own time that way? <laughs> you try to. What, what verb can I use? What verb can I use? Wax to the future. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you try to you try to use physical force to remove him from his horse by a lasso, but he is too strong for your first attempt to do so with that method. So yeah, you're going to re-roll, but what are you going to do? Right, right. So I, I, I imagine that the reason I can't pull him down first time, not because I'm not strong enough, but because I've been shot in both shoulders. <laughs> so yes, I'm yes, pulling, I'm pulling. Fair. But seeing this, Ranger Zone has come back from his defensive manoeuvres, reaches round me <laughs> with its hooves, kind of Helps like you ghost. to pull him off. <laughs> and also grabs the lasso and we pull together. We tug him off together. <laughs> Um, okay, make that roll. That's still power, but you get to re-roll it. Oh, it's... Uh, 
it's five. Oh. Oh. Um, unfortunately, as as you do this, um, in a in an equally impressive feat of uh, equine aeronautics, um, uh, Tim Quick, uh, Quick Draw Tim, and Red Mare rearrange themselves. So Red Mare is now running on his hind legs, and his back legs have wrapped around the rope too. Um, and is now, they are now both at their, yeah, the combined strength of the both of them is able to drag both you and Ranger Zone across the dirt. You sort of feel the, the grit of this um, current timey street uh, scraping across your face. Um, you're in pain. Your shoulders are burning now from the bullet wounds. What are you doing? Oh, dear. Um, oh, I'm running through my moveset. <laughs> um, I, okay, okay, we're going to lean into this. We are going to start... I'm going to swing round, jump on horsey Ranger Zone's back, and he's going to run up the rope <laughs> to them so, so we can have a fight on top of Red Scare, which is Tim Quick's horse. Okay, so Ranger Zone is doing this run, so it's going to be a look roll because it's really tied to your gimmick. So I'm thinking like when you get a fight on top of the train as it's <laughs> moving, that's what I want on top of a horse. <laughs> uh, look is zero. It's six. Oh, oh man. I'm so sorry, man. You, do you have another reroll left? Uh, standing up for my best friend, Ranger Zone. Um, I'm doing... I have to do this because otherwise Ranger Zone is going to get really beaten up in the ground shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you, you're generally coming to your friend's aid. That's perfectly yeah. good. Um, what, what are you doing? How are you going to get out of this? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, it's a, it's a yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, just so I get this right, currently what nice. we see is there is a there is a red horse running on its four legs, its back legs tied around a rope, with a with a Russian man riding on its back. Um, on the other end of this rope is a human man, you holding onto the rope, and Tytrick walking across this rope, and then after sort of teetering and tottering on his um, very small surface area hooves, Ranger Zone makes his way onto the back of Red Mare. So now Ranger Zone and um, Quickfire Tim are caught in a fisty cuff duel on the back of Quickfire Tim's horse. Have I got that right? Yeah, I don't know why you had to re-explain that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm a little slow sometimes. So is Rick Thunder on Ranger Zone or not? No, Rick Thunder's on the ground holding the rope taut so Ranger Zone can cross the rope. And now Ranger Zone is, Ranger Zone is basically in a rock'em sock'em robot fight with um, Tim Quick. <laughs> Um, so no. yeah, T Tim Quick turns around expecting to engage in fisticuffs with, um, you know, Pitt is sort of his Russian bear strength against um, his old nemesis, uh, Rick Thunder. He turns and finds not a um, handsome uh, daredevil pilot, but a big old horse. Um, <laughs> and as he, as he pulls a fist back desperately to try and swing a punch, a hoof just clonk, knocks him straight in the face, followed by clonk, another hoof, and clonk, another hoof. And at this point... Um, Ranger Zone is basically just speed bagging um, uh, Tim Quick's face <laughs> with his hooves like an old timey boxer um, Ranger Zone wheels back one of his hooves at this point swings it around in the air and then with all the force and horses are very strong animals um, punches Tim Quick square in the jaw he punches him so hard in fact on that natural 12 that as soon as his fist connects and as soon as there is a gong from the bell in town and it reaches the exact hour of midnight you start to feel a crackle and disturbance in the air um, the familiar color of purple plasmid kind of energy starts to reverberate in the ether itself and a 
hole in space-time itself opens up <laughs> in the Old West. Ranger Zone's fist knocks Tim Quick um, clear through um, clear through this hole in time. Um, caught up in the momentum, uh, uh, Red Mare follows as Red Mare carries both himself and Ranger Zone through the portal, and you still holding onto that rope are yanked through the portal too. What is the last thing we see Rick Thunder do before he is pulled through time once again? And, and Ranger Zone is taken through with yeah. him. I say, if the Old West has taught me anything, there are three types of people in this life. Those who want to leave home, those always trying to go back, and those who realise that home was always with them as long as they've got their best bud. And with that, you disappear through the, port- disappear through the portal and whoom, it closes. And we are left with an empty street. Once again. Oh. Oh. Bravo. Once more, this feat has been seen by the, by the crowds and the punters inside the Squared Circle Saloon looking out the windows, as well as townspeople not in the saloon, but watching it unfold from their eyes. But now everyone's attention is drawn back to maybe the greatest hero the West has ever known as a crowd of fans are just milling around the great unbeatable Deuce Tex Machina as he regales them with his exploits. Tell us another one, Tex. Tell us another. Tell us another tale. Well, let me tell you about the guy. Well, I'll tell you about the time that I took home Twitchy Ditches Gomez in Gorgeous George. Uh, sorry, Gorgeous Gorge. Uh, we... We tangled for a few days. I've been trailing him across the prairie. And once we got there, he challenged me to a duel. I said, well... You might be one of the fastest guns in the West, but I got Lady Luck on my side, and Lady Luck never lets me lose. We drew, I took him down, and quite simply, I brought the entire quarry down on him. He was aiming for me, and I was aiming for the rocks. Cause a landslide, took him out. It's brains over brawn. It's quite simple, really. Gosh darn it, Tex. If you ain't the most impressive, the toughest, the meanest the hardest just the most goddamn badass son of a bitch in the whole darn west i don't think i don't think anyone can hold a candle to you my friend i am in awe let me buy you another round let me buy you another round of rounds thank Um, you candy sir and at this point this uh this autograph signing session is interrupted I'm done sick of hearing about Deuce Tex Machina. I'm done sick and tired of hearing about his bullshit stories about him being a badass. He nothing but a piece of trash. I don't like him done no much. I don't want to sit here. I'm trying to play my game of cards. All I can hear is him yammering on about saving people, about doing this, doing that, being God almighty. He can kiss my ass. I think he's a piece of shit. Have I heard that? Yes, very much. <laughs> I heard it loud and clear. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to... Oh, no, give me another drink, you dumb bastard. I'm going to get up and walk over to his table and just say, you listen here, Mad Dog McCree. Mad Dogs, they'd be in need of putting down. You might have your posse, but I'd like to introduce you to a couple of my friends, Mr. Smith and Mr. Wesson. 
Now, I see you like to gamble. I see you like to play cards. Now they say don't count your blessings. One time I counted mine, and what I got was a lucky number. I mean cards, I'm gonna take two cards at random out of his hand. I always have an ace up my sleeve and flip them over and they should be two aces. Ooh, I feel like we need to roll for that. Um, that is <laughs> going to be roll a, for that. That is a that is a look roll though. You can roll on your look because it's very much based around your gimmick. Oh, it's not gone well. Uh, <laughs> it is a three. It's a three. Um, so it is a it's a five of clubs and a joker. And <laughs> <laughs> told you he was full of shit in there. Nothing but parlor games and magic's all he does. Setting people on fire. <laughs> it's not magic I came here to the west because I believe in what it stands for I believe it stands for a better world a world in which a man can make whatever he wants of himself you sir are out here ruining it with your varmints we got pests all over the place we got complete cowspiracies going on I need to clean up this town because back there in the east where I'm from they think we're a joke. I come out here to Grappler's Gulch and I see people making a mess of the place. And I think the West is more than that. I went to the OK Corral and I thought it was fucking fantastic. This place is worth more than you're giving it credit for and you're bringing it down in the eyes of the world. I'm gonna set you straight, boy. You listen here there, boy. You listen good. You heard what the announcer said. I done rid this town, that boy cow. I beat him in a wrestling match and I sent him running. Do you see him run? You saw him run. Tell him you saw him run. Actually, I think, no, you saw him run. You tell him you saw him run. <laughs> I saw him run. That's right. You saw him run. Do you know why? Because everybody fears Mad Dog McCree. Now, if you want to fight, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. <laughs> and then I'm going to eat you up and I'm going to shit you out. And then I'm going to make Noel eat that shit. <laughs> and then he's going to shit out that shit. And then my boy Andy here, he's going to eat that shit and shit out that shit. And we're going to pass all through and going to pass around the whole town because everyone respects me around here. Once everyone's done eating up the shit that I beat out of you and shit, I'm going to kick the shit out of that shit. <laughs> Best believe that. <laughs> Join my gang. You might have to eat some poo. <laughs> you fucking love it, boy. Cow, what do you want to say? <laughs> I'm sure what to make of that. You'd be scared is what you want to be. Hey, they call me a lucky devil. I'm about to make this place live in hell for you. Um, the announcer um, who has been listening to this conversation steps into the interview. Ah, gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. It sounds like we have a dispute. It sounds like we have a disagreement. It sounds like we have some kind of contention that needs settling. And I'll tell you how we settle contention here in the Squared Circle Saloon. We settle it in the ring the way we settle everything. It sounds to me like we have a bona fide match, a bona fide death match on our hands. <laughs> Two men enter, one man leaves. That's the way I like it. The way I like it. You think you're mad enough there, Tex? You're mad enough to face death 
in the face. Shut up, Andy. Face death in the face. You too scared to yell a belly. I ain't yeller. I'll see you there, mad dog. And I'm going to turn and grab the announcer and go, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, don't worry about it. He's, a, he's just a no good crook. He's not going to be able to stand up to a, to a hero like you, Tex. Ladies and gentlemen. He then cries out to all this, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we have ourselves a tombstone match. Yeah. So as the tombstone match is set up and as you see bartenders and ring hands start to erect barbed cattle wire, not only around the edges of the ropes and the posts, but moving across the top of, uh, top of, the, uh, top of the ring as well to ensure that there is no interruptions, no interference. It is just two men, two men in a ring, just themselves. Two, uh, two men enter, one man leaves. Two men enter, one man leaves. And... As the ring is currently busy being prepared for the tombstone match, um, the punters return to their drinks, but then start to hear a commotion outside. As they turn their heads to the windows, they start to see a few fires off in the distance in the direction of uh, the, the main cattle farmstead in town. With nothing else to do, and super lick it up at this point, they start to file out of the saloon across the street and in the direction of this increasingly raucous commotion where they find themselves around the edges of the main cattle pen standing in the center of the pen the legend himself the moogie man the boy cow i believe he came back and standing (laughs) and standing opposite this huge towering stature of beef a small Thoroughly gross old woman. Uh, about half of the assembled crowd around this cattle pen are now punters from the Squared Circle Saloon and townspeople who have just heard the commotion and come to see what is happening. The other half are cows. Huge torches have been erected at several points around this, um, yeah, around this pen so the, the, the makeshift ring can be seen um, bright and clearly. Uh, Auntie Earwig, boy cow, squaring off against each other. Do you have anything to say to each other? Now listen, I understand the mayor wants me excommunicated. Frankly, I say, how dare he? (laughs) How dare he? In this town, there are 4,876 cattle. But there'll be 5,000 once I've rounded them up. (laughs) That's my my favorite one so far. Join me. Join the army of the cattle. Join the herd. And rain down terror and pain and destruction upon all of moonkind. I hear you taste good when it's warm outside, so can we just get going now, because your mouth annoys me. You're an old lady. Shouldn't you be in bed? It's past your bedtime. (laughs) Why do old ladies have curfews? You're talking about children, you dumb cow. (laughs) I'm going to make a child out of you. I'm going to (laughs) prove to each and every one of these cows that cow beats man. Come on. 
good thing I'm not a man then. And then I want to play a quick game of hide the spider and just shove my fist in his mouth. <laughs> that is a look roll because gross. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, so that is nine. And we're going to contest that with a work roll for Boy Cow's famous speed. Uh, absolutely. Uh, all the speed of a cow, minus one. Uh, that is... Cool! There we go. Had to get one of them. Oh. <laughs> okay, oh. so... Um, yeah. Snake eyes. Lovely. Uh, you... Oh, steak eyes. Steak eyes. There we go. Steak nice. eyes. Oh, nice. So good. Yeah, you shove your, your gnarly, bug-covered hand inside his mouth with the aim of hiding a single spider, but um, the spiders are famously pack animals. <laughs> and as one crawls inside his mouth, just dozens more come from various parts of your clothes, from your pockets, from your pouches. A few start to crawl out of your ears. One literally comes out from your eye, like down your cheek, and runs across oh. your arm until a whole swarm of them are now covering the body of the boy cow. Um, you can barely make out the, um, the, the black and white spots underneath this writhing sea of arachnids. On that critical fail, boy cow, oh. you're going to take another penalty for work until you can find a way to get rid of these spiders. I'm a minus two. Great. <laughs> Nods. Um, but we will let you respond to that. All right. Um, I am going to... Okay. So around my waist, uh, barely concealed underneath the thresh of arachnids, uh, there is a slightly rotting uh, leather pouch filled uh, with uh, fire water. It's basically I've concealed some sort of flamethrower udder uh, system. Um, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to try and roll near one of these flaming torches, and I'm going to try and spray. Um, uh, a jet of milky fire water up uh, to catch fire and hoping that intense rush of heat and light will scatter these, uh, these spiders. Um, that is a look roll if ever I saw it. Certainly. Milky fire water. <laughs> is, uh, is my look still down from the earlier match? No, just per match. Of course, cool, so it's plus one again. Lovely stuff. Uh, that, my friends, is ten. Ten. Um, so exactly as you described it, uh, you, you, this, <laughs> this, this luminescent jet of milk expunges the spiders from your body. It is not enough um, to undo the effect of a critical fail. There are still enough spiders inside you at this point to really negatively affect your work. But superficially on the outside, you just look like a regular old boy cow. Uh, I'm telling you, old lady, you need to back off. Don't let my cow tips Go in one ear and out the other. <laughs> oh, it's a, a double-barreled one. I like it. What are you doing, Auntie? Uh, uh, well, first thing first, I'm like... <laughs> my poor spiders are all burning and I'm, uh, my babies, my little babies, you asshole. Um, well, in that case, I'm going to go for uh, <laughs> the swat and squat. What's that? It's essentially... <laughs> 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 it's just... When I go right up to you, I'm just going to slap you real hard, as hard as I can to the floor, like just right across the face, and I'm just going to sit on your stomach as hard as I can until you vomit. That is horrible and also power. <laughs> um, okay. A big cow. Well, yeah, He's yeah. a big lad. Power. Oh, that is a seven. There's a seven. Oh. Just enough, yeah. With, with, a, with a strength you do not expect um, for a woman this size, uh, yeah, hand smacks you across the face, um, knocks you to the side, 
um, you almost feel a tooth sort of loosen, but maybe no more than that. And you are now prone on your back with this, this um, tiny, gross insect lady um, trying to put as much of her weight down on your stomach as possible. I'm going to say, we'll have you do one more thing at this point, aren't you? As you're, okay, you're in the mount cool. position. Uh, well, I'm just going to, because I'm going to do it again. And this time I really want him to be sick all over the place. That's my goal. I'm just going to jump on his stomach as hard as I can. And also split that leather pouch open because just get rid of all that fire water he's got left. Just like, bang. Good to have goals. Um, go for it. That's another power roll. With the desire. I'm not, I don't want to argue with you. Really. Uh, uh, power. Oh, that is a seven. No, six. It's a six. Um, it's going to take more than that to um, overcome the might of the mighty boy cow and it just is not enough his powerful bovine frame stands firm what are you doing boy cow an iron cow institution uh, i am going to wrench one hand free put it to my mouth a high pitch whistle it's time for the fillet team to enter the fray uh, it's time for my boys the cowling commandos to execute high stakes and that is jump uh, on uh, Auntie Earwig. It's the Tower of Cows again, right? Tower of Cows. Okay, that's a look roll for high stakes. Is it just called the Cower then? Uh, it can be Cower of Doom. I like it. Uh, so that is. Oh, fuck me though! Fuck me though! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's another yes! steak eyes. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to let that happen just because I'm interested. Oh, okay. Right. Um, well, they... So first, um, first. First, talk us through your roster again as they make their way into... Oh, my boys. Your boys. Sir <laughs> uh, Loin, uh, who is the leader. Uh, uh, Chateau Brian, who is the, the money, the refined one. Uh, Flank, who is the tactician. And Rump, the muscle. Wonderful. Um, Lo, pick an insect. Oh, no. Pick an insect. Pick an insect. The flea. Oh, okay. Because this has the potential to get really dark. <laughs> I can do it if you want. Where do you keep? Where do you? Where do you keep your fleas? In the back of my hair, and some under my armpit. Depends how many I need. You're gonna need a lot of fleas, mate. Okay, both armpits and the back of my head. Okay, so um, the. Uh, the, the sort of loosely fitting hat that rests atop Auntie Earwig's head starts to wobble a little bit, not that hat wobble, um, and tips off. And as it does so, a swarm of... Now, fleas are incredibly small creatures. You pretty much can't see them unless you're right up close. So the fact that we can see this swarm of fleas suggests a flea density um, and a flea volume almost unheard of in the natural world as they pour out from ahead and bounce in this kind of undulating, sproingy mass of barely perceptible black specks across the sands. More do the same, dropping out from Auntie Earwig's armpits. And because it's Auntie Earwig, even more come out of her ears. And this, this kind of black cloud of fleas begin to swarm on a, oh, it is the Old West, on a, on a, on a stake eyes, on a stake eyes. The fleas just swarm over the cowling commandos. They swarm over them um, until once again, uh, any sign of black and white spots are obscured by this um, insectoid cloud. You hear the mournful, painful, terrified cries of the cowling commandos um, reach higher and higher and higher pitch 
and then suddenly stop. And then all you can hear is this chattering, 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 chattering of something unspeakable. Finally, when the swarm of fleas on a stake eyes dissipates, all that is left in between you and the edge of the ring are the stripped clean carcasses of your crack team of cows. Oh no. <laughs> so that's a minus one on luck again. <laughs> um, but we're going to let you respond. Uh, I, I stop and I, and I just look at her and I say, this is what it is, isn't it? Well, we've always been meat. Meat for the humankind. To fill their bellies. To give them, to sate their bloodlusts. I just wanted a better life for my kind. That's all I wanted. And now I've led them where I swore I'd never lead them. To the slaughterhouse. And I just bow my head. Barely seen outside of the confines of his luxurious accommodation, Mayor Cash himself has made his way penside to survey the scene. He looks over at Auntie Ewig, looks over at the defeated, despondent figure of Boy Cow, looks at the carcasses of his crack team and closest friends. And a smile forms in the corner of his mouth. Hail, hail, hail. <laughs> if you ask me, that's a job well done. Your winner, the lovely Auntie Earwig. And you, sir, you get the hell out of my town. I look around at the, at the cows and I, and I see once and for all that they have lost their faith in me. I remove the boring from my nose. I, I look around and my eyes just offer them some sort of an apology. I, I can't be the leader that they need. And standing up on my, on my hind legs, I walk out, the, the cows part like the Red Sea. And I just, I walk into the night and I'm gone. There is a moment of silence. And then Mayor Cash turns to Auntie Ewig. Would you do me the honor of walking me back to the squared circle? And we can talk about your reward. I don't like you. You smell weird now. Mm. I don't like that he has no friends no more. He should have friends. I got my books. He should have his cows. Hmm. Wait a sec. Yeah, I don't want to be hanging out with you no more. I don't want to be in this town. And I scamper off towards Boy Cow to give him a smelly arm around the shoulder and to offer him my giant beetles as new friends. And what, bud? So as, as, 
as you make your way into the desert um, to offer comfort and support to the cow whose friends you murdered. <laughs> Big time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My best friends. <laughs> um, a uh, Mayor Cash shrugs his shoulders, smiles a crooked smile, and makes his way back to the Squared Circle Saloon. And he arrives back at the Squared Circle just in time for the completion of the tombstone match arena um the yeah uh barb cattle wire has been uh been placed all around the outside all across the top yeah. there is only a small um doorway made out of barbed wire itself to enter um the announcer makes his way off the apron out into the middle of the tables of the saloon to get everyone's attention ladies and gentlemen we're about to have ourselves a tombstone match oh yeah Making his way to the ring, hailing from Karen, North Carolina, Juice Tex Machina. The entire facade has dropped. Tex is terrified. He walks to the ring uh, completely like shell-shocked by the news of what's happening in this match. He, he tries to quietly grab the announcer before getting in. People are trying to shake his hands on the way and he's sort of shrugging them off. He goes up to the announcer and grabs him and tries to whisper to him and goes, what are the rules of this match again? Uh, this is a tombstone match. There are no rules. You leave, you leave when he's dead, or you leave in a coffin. I ain't ever killed no one before. Well, now is a damn good time to start. And he just like pushes you into the, uh, pushes you through the door and into the ring. Clearly having a show to keep going with. Making his way to the ring, hailing from even deathier Valley, Texas, Mad Dog McCree. Old Mad Dog comes out of the saloon doors. He starts walking down to that ring, flanked by his posse. Oh, he's ready for a good time. He's ready to do some killing. He ain't done much killing today, but he's telling me, I ran that boy cat out of this town. I'm going to run this dumbass kid out of this town as well. Everyone going to respect the name of Mad Dog McCree. I'm the, I'm the big dog at this yard, if you will. And I step into the ring. Someone hands me a drink. I smash it in their face. <laughs> Someone hands me another drink. I take it. I drink it. And then I smash it into the face of no ears Earl. So he's now bleeding from the head. And I'm like, come on, boys. It's time for us to kill a child. <laughs> All right. Um, call me Billy the Kid Killer. So as you, as you make your way um, into the ring, uh, the announcer puts a hand out and stops your eager gang who seem uh, keen as biscuits to follow you in. This is a tombstone match, I'm afraid. Two men and two men alone and quickly closes the gate behind you, puts a long, thick chain across it, clanks the padlock into place. Oh, what, you, you, what the hell do you mean there's no damn rule? What do you mean they got me locked outside? That don't make no sense. Who make the rule around here? The following contest is scheduled to the death. 
to the death. <laughs> then, <laughs> dung, dung, dung. He rings the big brass bell, and the two of you are alone in the ring. Hey, boy. These scars aren't drawn on, you know. And as quickly as I possibly can, I draw a gun from my holster and try to shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that is going to be that's going to be a real role. Um, although that said, yeah, I like starting these matches with these contested roles. What's the first thing you're doing? In fact, yeah, we'll we'll have your real role against your work role. I think to see if you can dodge it. Cool. Six. Eight. Eight. Ooh. Um. Um. Yeah. Instantly, a. Oh, Christ. Okay, where are you aiming exactly? Uh, for his chest. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going to pretend this is a fair fight. <laughs> okay, so a nine isn't quite enough for an instant murder. Um, but yeah, uh, you, you get a, a nice palpable hit somewhere into the pectoral muscle. I'm not close enough to the heart to be lethal. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> immediately before like seconds after the bell has rung out um a, a huge patch of blood starts to stain the pristine white clothes of tex mac and the tex what are you doing i've fallen to one knee and i'm just saying please sir please you gotta spare me I, i'm not who you think oh how are you then boy tell the world who the hell you are then i'm just my name is Juice Machina, but I'm just a boy from out east. I'm just from Carolina. I, I ain't ever killed no one before. I, I ain't been shot. I, I've been in gunfights, sure, but nothing like this. Nothing like this. Just got lucky. Gomez in, in the gulch, his gun backfired, caused a landslide. I didn't do nothing. The tailbone gang. There was an earthquake and they were just swallowed up. They said I buried him six feet under. I didn't touch him. Like Naked Ned, he just died of exposure. I, I, I just the only person I ever shot was Hidalgo, and that's a dang horse. He just didn't fight back. You gotta spare me, sir. I just my mama will be she will be so upset. Let me tell you something, there, boy. There's a mighty fine tale you weave there. I knew you were full of shit. I always knew. But when you play with the big boys, you got to play rough. And you may never kill no one before, but I kill plenty. And you know what? I ain't killed today. So I think it's about time I change that. I'm just going to try and shoot him again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's going to be... Okay, so that's going to be another real role for you, definitely. Um, But... Let's see how well your legend is shaping up. You can roll on look for this one if you want, Tex. Cool. Um, it's up to you. Well, real, right? Six. Nine. Nine. <laughs> okay, so quite simply, um, Mad Dog, with revolver still in hand, fires another bullet at you, and whoosh, it whistles straight across your head, punctures a hole straight in the top of your hat, flies out the other side, boom, ricochets off the uh, barbed wire um, on the, yeah, bar- the barbed wire surrounding the ring and leaves you unharmed. Um, seems like your luck hasn't entirely run out yet. You got lucky there, boy. You got lucky. I'm just going to use that. So I'm going to hold the gun out of bullets now to try and crack him in the face with it. So first we're we going to get a response from Tex. What are you doing? 
Second uh, shot missed. I'm um, going to stand and say, there's uh, <sighs> an old saying says, found a penny, pick it up all day long. You have good luck. Well, I got a fistful of dollars. What's that going to buy me? And I swing. Um, power roll for a punch. Easy. Uh, five, uh, four. But I'm going to uh, roll again because I'm going to say that this is growing my legend. This is me finally actually doing something like, like in front of people that they're going to respond to. Um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe the first one whiffs and I'll just come in with an uppercut. Much better. Uh, that is a seven. Um, yeah, the seven connects. Um, we'll only do contested rolls for gunshots, but for regular wrestling moves, it's the same as always. And that seven connects. Your, your first one whiffs past your uppercut, boom, straight under his jaw. Um, a tooth flies loose. Um, it probably wasn't in there that securely in the first place. Um, and yeah, Madden McCree staggers back and tastes the tang of his own blood in his mouth. What are you doing, Mad Dog? Uh, yeah, so uh, realizing that there are no more bullets left uh, within my gun, I'm just going to sort of hold it in my hand. The attempt to just like hit him in the face using the gun as sort of like the the attack, essentially. Okay, um, because you're using a weapon, you can still roll and reel for that. Absolutely. Uh, that'll be a seven. A seven is just enough. Bash straight in the face of Tex Machina. <laughs> Nose cracks to the side. A little bit more blood spurts across his pristine white uniform. Oh, um, the, uh, the, pris- the, the squeaky clean um, pristine white legend is now bloodied and dirtied and sullied. Um, what are you doing in response, Tex? I am going to draw my gun. And I'm going to aim at him. And I'm going to say, give up, mad dog. You're out. And I still got lead. I ain't killed before. But it's always a first time. Boy, you ain't got the gumption to pull that trigger. Look at you, shaking like a shitting dog. You ain't gonna pull nothing. I mean it, mad dog. Oh, I mean it. Sit down, boy. I mean it too, kid. Go on. I dare you. One shoot me, a yellow son, bitch. Try and shoot me in that little pretty face of mine. See if you can. I pull the hammer back. Finger on the trigger. Oh, it's going to be. Look at him, boys. He's got his finger on the trigger now. Everyone's watching you. What you gonna do about it, kid? What you gonna do? I ain't like you, mad dog. I just fire bullet after bullet into the ceiling, <laughs> emptying my gun. It's what I thought. And I, with that, I wolf whistle, and um, uh, no nose knoll. Uh, slides in um sort of like a bit of like broken bar like bro- like broken off the bar itself just like a bit of wood try to slide it through the cage itself into my hands okay so make a roll on look um this is going to need because this is a steel cage match you're going to need a ooh, you're going to need a hard success to get oh, that what this is a steel cage match yeah, man yeah no nope nope it's a three oh. <laughs> <laughs> um so <laughs> um yeah no nose Noel. Damn it, Noel! No nose Noel is yeah. 
he, 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 tries, he tries to find the nearest thing he can. He picks up a lump of, of wood, tries to shove it inside. He just can't get there. One of the um, bar, bar hands sort of catches him doing it. And you see Nono's Noel is now sort of getting ushered out by the shoulders away from, away from the ring. Oh, what's that's that's goddamn eyes next time, boy. I'm going to take your goddamn eyes, you useless piece of trash. I'm going to point to Noel as he's being escorted out and say, people of Grappler's Gulch, is this the shit you're going to stay in for? I'm locked in this cage to die against Mad Dog McCree, and he's trying to cheat, just like he's trying to cheat all of you out of your hard earnings, out of your dream to come here and find a better life for yourself. Are you going to let it stand? Are you going to let this gang run this town? This foolish child over here. Uh, roll on look, please, Tex. Uh, it's an eight. It's an eight. Um, the, the audience start to murmur on themselves and nod, like, Mm, yeah, and they sort of start to look at Mad Dog, and then there's a few hisses, and then boo, boo, boo. Go on, you get him, You get him, kid. You show him what's what. Boo, boo. And people start shouting, Tex, 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 Okay, and off off the back of that, I'm going to run in and go for the Hurricane Karma. Um, go for it. Roll on two d six. Uh, da, 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 that is not very good. Uh, that is a four. Uh, oh. But I'm guessing, because I'm standing up for what I believe in, I'm going to go full whack. And uh, yeah, this is, this, is, this is the dream that I believed. I think this is the thing with Texas. He believes in the dream of the West. He believes that you can come out here and you can make a name for yourself. And this is him standing up for that. This is the first time ever that he's actually tried to rally the people and you know, not just live off a lie. This is him legitimately doing that. Okay, make that wrong. God, it's going to fail. It's 2d6. <laughs> it's a four. It's a four. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you, try, you try to go in for your, for your, um, for your finisher, but um, you've been bleeding out, you're wounded, you're tired, and it just doesn't land, and it's almost kind of a pathetic display against the, uh, um, the gnarly I, form of Matthew McCree. Yes. Because it's like a, a Hurricane Rana, can I sort of like catch him in a, the sort of powerbomb position? and then just throw him against the cage. Absolutely. Um, so you can make a, well, I think on, on that fail, yeah, we'll make a power roll for me, see how well it lands. It definitely doesn't hit. Uh, that'll be an eight. That's, an eight. That's enough, yeah. You throw him against the cage, your body instantly lacerated by the barbed wire, um, and you flop back down onto the mat again. Mad Dog, what are you doing? Uh, I'm gonna pick him up by the scruff of his lapels, and I'm going to shove him against the uh, barbed wire grate again, but this time just drag his body down it. That's a power roll. Oh, power. It's not my good one. Is it not real? Mm. Ooh. You know what? Yeah, feels, that is real. It, it does feel a bit real, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, and that is going to make that a seven. That is a seven. Actually, that is no, a that's not. It's actually going to make it a ten. What am I doing? I'm bad at maths. <laughs> yes, you are, my friend. Um, on that ten, you... Yeah, you scrape um, Tex Machina across this barbed wire. His the the uniform, the costume almost of the myth he pretended to be um, is is torn to shreds. Um, his yeah, his his back and body marked by the slash marks of the multiple wounds he suffered over the course of the match. And in the course of ripping, has that by any chance created some sort of gap? in this cage that someone might, I don't know, uh, slide a glass into or something. Are you asking me, is, is boy stronger than steel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking if this boy is stronger than steel. <laughs> um, 
this boy is not as strong as he pretended to be. Um, but yeah, let's have something from Tex. Tex, what are you doing? Um, yeah, you, you've just, yeah, you Crying. are. Yeah, so you, your body is, you're, you're in pain, your body is torn apart. You are, you are bleeding out in so many places. You are in a bad way. Once again, Laurie Blake, <laughs> um, you might very well be dying. It's my gimmick. Uh, <laughs> We didn't know players had gimmicks. They do. Um, I am just, yeah, I think I am just down. I, I am, I've tried to rally the crowd. I've tried to get them to rise up. Um, I think all I'm going to say is as I sort of fall to one side uh, is people at Grappler's Gulch, take back your town. Take it back. That's, that's going to be another look roll. Nine. Oh, sorry, Nine. look, ten. Ten. Um, yeah, it's, it's, see, seeing the side of this person uh, genuinely, genuinely standing up for what the West could be, as much as a, a falsehood and illusion that might be, someone genuinely seeing the West as a place for people to accomplish their dreams people to make a better life for themselves the the hard-working folk of grapplers gulch are moved by your words and they came here for blood but they see something different now um and what was once just a what was once purely blood sport entertainment for them now seems to stand for something else as they watch this flawed but fundamentally good man um try to stand for something that matters as this this amoral monster tears him to shreds and they begin to advance on the ring what are you doing mad dog uh so sort of seeing this and kind of feeling the the ground swell uh just from out of his sleeve he sort of chunks his arm down there are no weapons allowed in here but he has brought a knife to this gunfight and he's going to try and conceal it so that no one sees that he's brought this weapon in to attempt to stab him in the neck he started with a gun <laughs> yeah, but then I ran okay. out of bullets. <laughs> okay, so even in your blood-soaked stupor, Tex, you are able to see what Mad Dog is trying to do. As your heart beats, you watch his hand move to this concealed place and draw out this knife. He looks you in the eye. You know what's about to happen. You know that if you know that you are mere moments away from death and as much as the crowd are behind you and behind what you stand for, they will not reach you in time. Um, if Mad Dog stabs you, you will die. What are you doing? What is the I, one thing you do in this moment? What you gonna do, boy? Well, I took one of my guns out of my holster and I fired that gun into the air not to kill Mad Dog. So I'm going to go for a lucky shot. I'm going to pull the other gun out and attempt to shoot the knife from his hand. Well, that is definitely a look roll. And my friends, this is a contested roll of your real mad dog against Texas look. Uh, mine is a 10 Mine's with a my ten. plus one. <gasps> this is a 10. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> I am going to... Use a re-roll. Oh! <laughs> I'm use one of. I'm gonna basically use my 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 heel re-roll because, like, you know, I've I've essentially said I'm, I'm gonna win this fair and square, and I'm trying to stab him in the neck and try and lie to the people. 
Uh, God damn it, I rolled, I rolled a 10 again. <laughs> My plus um, one is 10. Um, so that is, that is a stone cold draw at this point. Um, oh. Ooh, okay. So it's just going to go into overtime. That is a draw. Um, you whip your gun out. Um, your knife moves towards his neck. On a, on a draw? Oh, I think we're just going to have you both roll again. In fact, hold on, Mad Dog. Don't you have another re-roll? I do have another re-roll. So I can say that that was my other re-roll that I've just done. And that, with my plus one, is nine. So Tex, you pull out your gun. You point it at the knife. You pull the trigger. The bullet shoots past, and it misses by a hair's breadth. Shoots across the ring. Bounces off a turnbuckle. Bounces off a curl of barbed wire. Bounces off the um, bounces off the mat, um, bounces back off another piece of wire, goes back straight through the hole in the top of your hat, and doing knocks the knife out of Mad Dog's hand and oh. onto the ground. Well, where'd um, that knife come from? <laughs> <laughs> so as the bullet knocks the knife out of Mad Dog's hand, the knife itself starts to spin through the air out of Mad Dog's palm. And then crossing, what, the distance of half a foot, it just very quickly, very suddenly, and without any, um, without any grace, without any showmanship, thunk, settles right in the center of his forehead, and he falls dead to the ground. I'm going to stand up, uh, walk over the body of Mad Dog, turn to the crowd and say... Wise man once said that the best way to deal with death is to ride away from it. Or I guess hope that something really fucking lucky happens. Hmm. Your town's saved. You had as good luck as I did today. And Tex just makes his way up the ramp. Through the velvet curtains. And he is gone from sight. The audience are just silent for a long moment, just staring at the body of Mad Dog lying lifeless and prone on the mat. And we fade to black on the Squared Circle Saloon. One last moment. We find ourselves now on a steam ferry making its way across the Atlantic Ocean, leaning against the railings, a hulking figure, its head obscured by a dark cloth, a drunk reveller who's just come from the ship's bar, sways his way over with a bottle of beer in his hand, rests an elbow on the railing, and looks up at this big figure, Gee, you're a big fella, ain't you? Where are you headed? I reach into a pocket. I pull out this little beetle. And I release it into the wind. I'm headed to England. 
have lived my life amongst cows. But now I think, I might try to live my life amongst people. Oh, I'm headed to England myself. Where, uh, where's your final destination? I've heard of a place maybe suitable for a, someone like me. Place in North Yorkshire called Puddington. Puddington? But that's a dairy town. What can I say? I guess milk is just in my blood. <laughs> and that's it for this episode of No Rolls Bard. We will see you next time. there we go uh milk is indeed in his blood uh so um cards on the table i'm a big fan of the colossal tussle that's my favorite one that we've done the whole the whole series i really really like the cowboy one uh colorado buckshot wrestling um, it may just be the fact that i i love me some some root and toot and cowboys but that that hit everything for me i loved it I think the interesting thing about this episode, and I, I haven't actually rewatched it yet, the final edit, but I think what makes it stand out is, even though it is a one-shot, it is episode seven in terms of that group of players playing together and playing as a group. So we, we still have the accumulated familiarity and rapport that we built up over season one and over the first one-shot. And even though it is a one-shot set in its own continuity, there are, as you've seen, like allusions and connections and callbacks to uh, the, the the mythos and the main canon storylines of uh, No Rules Bard and CBW, which is it's part of the joy of, of campaigns and the long-form storytelling RPGs offer is the ability to, to do callbacks and to tell these... Um, these narratives that um, stretch out uh, for, for a very long time. You know, it, it's what makes wrestling such an appealing medium, right? Is the fact that everything from the debut of the first WWE show is canon. Yeah, WWE was doing MCUs before before Marvel even even dreamt it up. Like just like long spanning, um, like yeah, in jokes referencing characters that are com- from completely different promotions gimmicks character alignments uh all that stuff is uh yeah and there is like things are starting to be paid off in in the rolls bar that i really really like really really like so um the big question is what comes next uh, obviously uh i don't think we are going to be in a state where we can get into record for june so we do definitely have at least one more one shot to come uh at least uh, so we will be going to uh, patreon.com forward slash no rolls bard. If you are a patron, you'll be able to vote in our fan poll, uh, which I'm actually going to be putting up uh, as soon as we finish recording here. So I actually wanted to talk with you, Tom, about what we should offer the people um, in terms of their choices. Because we had six last time. We had fantasy, cavemen, ancient Rome, wild west, uh, Victorian England, and pirates. The final scores were wild west with 32%, then Victorian England 24, fantasy 20, pirates 13, ancient Rome 8, and poor cavemen 
all the way down at only four percent of the vote. That's a real shame about cavemen. Um, cavemen is cavemen is a setting that I'm really looking forward to doing at some point, uh, for sure. And I, we were talking about this just a moment before about in terms of the votes and how people voted, like the the, the less popular settings with the the crowd favorite that is um, cowboys out of the picture. Will will previously less popular settings be more popular, or are there are they just things that don't quite excite the fans as much as others? Personally, so I think oh, go for it. Oh, um, personally, um, I, I know that the gang are excited about. Um, there's a lot of excitement about Victorian England. And as you've seen from the show now, there are certain elements that get reincorporated in every reality. <laughs> and um, there, are, there are particular ways of incorporating some of these recurring things, which I'm excited about. And Victorian England is one of them. Um, I'm, also, I'm also a big fan of, there's something, I want to do something ever so slightly different if we pick high fantasy. It's, it's, the, it's the CBW acronym that I'm the proudest of well, as well, of what, what high, the high fantasy would be called. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really curious. I'm, I wonder, I'm, why do you, why do you think? Because you're a big cowboy fan. Why do you think everybody went for the wild wild west? Um, I, I I hope I didn't load the the vote too much by because I don't think I publicly came out and said I want it to be cowboys. <laughs> At least I hope I didn't. So I hope that's not the reason. Uh, but I, I, it, it's it's a for a such a tiny sliver of history. It's so evocative because I I think it's because it it marries up the most easily to wrestling perhaps like character alignments you know black hats versus white hats um good versus evil brutality um epics romance um destruction like violence is kind of in a interwoven into it and also just like westerns are cool and red dead redemption 2 was a thing and that was cool too i mean that's why i like westerns so much it's just, it's just awesome i understand yeah. and i think when we talked, we talked about this at the end of the last podcast, the podcast for um, Cyber Battle Wars, and we did talk, we did touch briefly on westerns, and I asked you why, why you're into them, and the thing you said today as well about it's, it's gentlemen and villains, it's black hats and white hats, it's good and evil, but like, that's very much the myth of the West, um, and with Red Dead Redemption as a touchstone, one of the great things about that game is um, it is kind of about like myth and ideals and like morality and the grey areas in between and the complexity of um, of good and evil in the West, and something that I really wanted to do, because I really want every every one shot to have something to say about wrestling, and not just be um, wrestlers in this time period. And we we did we did touch, um, or maybe more than touch, maybe full on grab on the idea of the myth of the West and the fact that your your white hats aren't always as white as they seem, and your black hats aren't always as um, villainous as they seem, which was fun. Well, that for that reason. So my big one that I want to put in that we didn't actually put in last time. Um, and again, I don't want this to load the vote. If you disagree with me, vote for something else. But I really want to put film noir in this one because I'm I'm just, I really, really want it. Like, I, I just think in terms of a one and done story, like I don't think it's something that we can necessarily do for a whole season. But I just think in terms of moral ambiguity, like certain style and just having a different voice completely to what we've done like i'm gonna push pretty hard for film noir um so you're saying you don't want to load the vote but you're coming out here I'm, on the podcast uh, saying you're gonna push a, pretty hard for it i'm applying pressure to you tom because because we're going to decide together what goes in the list um, I'm, a, I'm applying pressure to you but uh um, to not not to our in, integrity filled public of course 
You're not gonna you're not gonna use that um that weighty internet cachet to just um <laughs> bash film noir. No. Straight uh, the so I, I think what what do you think we should keep out of the six that we that we had? So Victorian England, um for for no other reason, well, there's lots of reasons to do it. Um it's a great setting. There's like we've already kind of figured out how or why why a wrestling promotion would exist in Victoria and what form it would take. But also like speaking to some of the, the gang, um, a few people have ideas for characters already that they're excited about. And but few things make a game better than um characters being really excited about players being really excited about the characters they play. So Victorian England, yes. Personal bias, um high fantasy. Just because just because of because I'm so um and I realize I might be overselling it now, but so pleased with the acronym. And yeah, again, <laughs> wanted to do something a little different. Although ultimately, depending on how long these continue, I feel like the fantasy one would be better in a couple of one shots time when we've done stuff which is definitely a wrestling promotion in the period. And with fantasy, something a little bit different. And the third one, which is not actually on the list, Ooh, but which some, uh, which someone someone actually mentioned in the comments once, I think, which was just a really good idea. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of classic um, monster movies, and someone suggested doing the classic Universal Studios monsters: um, Dracula, the Wolfman, the Mummy, Frankenstein's monster, um, and uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. And I I love those. I I love that universe. Um, that's also arguably one of the very first MCU's, predating even WWE. You know, because. When Abbott and Costello met Frankenstein, they also met the Wolfman, and that basically confirmed that they both existed in the same timeline. <laughs> so, aside from aside from uh, film noir, which are the which are the pre-existing ones on the list? Do you want to see make a return to the vote? Um, of the ones that we've discussed, so I I've, I'm just re writing down a list here. So I've got Victorian fantasy horror monsters. Uh, I'm I'm going to put film noir on the list if that's all right. Uh, and um, of the ones that are remaining, though, uh, the only one that really, really kind of speaks out to me is like, I feel like I didn't get quite a fair shake is uh, Pirates. I, I, I quite like Pirates. Although maybe Pirates would be too similar to Western. Pirates is the, the least exciting for me at the moment. I think I feel also there's something parody. There's a parody based thing that. Um, I want to do in the main in the main um, CBW. There's like there's like a uh, there's a season which could involve pirates as part okay. of the season's overall plot. So, but yeah, I in think which case, good. let's let's take out pirates just because, especially because we just done a you know one set in a world of moral ambiguity featuring people who talk almost exclusively gruff voices. <laughs> so we'll, re we'll remove we'll remove pirates. Maybe it might make a comeback if people really miss it. So we've got four at the moment. We've got um, Victorian film noir fantasy and horror monsters. <laughs> Man, that, that film noir just slipped in there, didn't it, under the radar? Huh? It's in there now. <laughs> I, I, I don't recall stiff opposition to it. So I... Go go for it. Because <laughs> film, noir, film noir is tricky, I think, because it's a fantastic setting. It is, it is arguably a setting where people speak exclusively in very stylized accents, but it's a different kind of accent. Um, but as much as it is a, is a really terrific setting, and a very, um, a very distinct setting. It doesn't immediately scream out violence and combat. Well, I'd say it screams out violence, just not necessarily like um, rough and tumble. Although you know, like, there's lots of mooks and henchmen and goons. Uh, it, it almost always starts with a murder. Uh, and also, so not to spoil too much, but there are 
there are noir-ish aspects that are coming up in other stuff that we have planned. <laughs> and yes. The concern with noir is that based on what happens in that episode, we might need to reapproach certain things so we don't just do the same thing again. I think, so I think I know what you mean. I do think that is more, most of it is more of a, uh, a different, I, I don't want to say it because I don't want to release the genre, but it's a genre that if we weren't doing it for season two, I would definitely want to do for for this one shot, but it is going to be, there's going to be a lot of it in season two. So um, that would definitely be a, a big spoiler. But uh, in terms of, like, I, I think that's the thing is like, the main body of the show is like there's so many different characters and so we don't really want to stick too close to kind of one genre we borrow a lot from various different kind of tropes from from things but the kind of thing is like Nell Rosebard has a, a tone and personality all of its own whereas a film noir one shot is something where you could just like everything's in black and white you just like you get the soundtrack perfect and it's just like one solid two hours of just like pure film noir and then you could have elements like murder and and intrigue and blah 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 and and stuff from in other episodes of the season but this is definitely the one that is filled like that's just homage that's pastiche i think i hope but who knows it probably like victorian england is probably gonna get it because it all like at one point victorian england was in first place uh it was it was literally tied with cowboys for a long time there was a last minute push right at the end um yeah, Victorian. Yeah, there, there, there are definitely players who have a very strong idea of who they want to play for Victorian England, and um, yeah, I, I think based based on that. But then, yeah, yeah, I, fantasy is definitely the top of my list in terms of something I'm the most excited about doing. But I feel like not yet with fantasy, not wanting to preload the patrons, <laughs> but not quite yet. But it will, of course, be the Patreon's choice. So we just need two more uh, settings to fill out this kind of um, the the six in the chamber, the elimination chamber of uh, of themes. So we've um, got Victorian England. We've got um, man, Victorian England, high fantasy. Uh, have we got have we got down like Universal Studios classic monsters? Yeah, yeah. So I've written down horror monsters, but I could write down classic monsters. I just want to make sure that people get what we're kind of talking yeah. about. I think classic monsters is a good thing because I feel like that, that 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 those movies and the Universal Studios classic monsters are they do technically fall into the horror genre, but it wouldn't be we could we could do a horror one shot that would be something entirely different in tone and content. So classic monsters, I think, is a really good call. Um, oh, okay. This is one um, again. Maybe this is a little too a little too out there because I do feel like maybe we want to build up the out there stuff. But um, I think this came from a conversation with maybe Laurie, maybe Lolo, Kaiju, like Ooh. Kaiju wrestling, Godzilla versus King Kong, like Gamera, Mothra, that kind of stuff. That is that is literally an entire genre based around big old massive fights for the fate of big things. Oh, I love. I know. I love it. So Godzilla style monsters. Uh, so I'm going to do horror movie monsters and Godzilla style monsters. Give them the choice of monsters. I hope that doesn't split the monster vote. <laughs> um, that is that is two monster options. Um, in the uh, also that's the idea of surely everybody would everybody would be playing the monster if we did that. <laughs> well, I just like the thing is like yeah, we can't. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's an element of copyright, so it wouldn't be Godzilla. But I just know that Luke 
obviously like um Gojira. Gojiri? Gojira? King of the Monsters is one of his favorite films ever, ever. Um Mine too, actually. I grew up on those movies. Oh, actually, no, it's not. His I think his favorite is King Kong versus um King 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 Ghidorah. Uh, I think King, that's King Kong versus King Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Sorry, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. I think that is a really that. good one. Um that's I think the first Godzilla versus King Ghidorah was the first when they redesigned the monster puppet. It was it went from being like a guy in a suit to a pup to a sort of I guess a suit that had some kind of animatronic aspect. That's a really good movie. King King um, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah is a real standout. I was trying to think like could we do a disaster movie? Like something set on like a like a okay like a building that's like something like the Poseidon Adventure, you know, something is think, that or is that too is that going to railroad you too much? Well, it's also it's it's too. I think all of these because the, the the thing with wrestling and the thing which sort of unifies wrestling as a concept is as as a medium, it's it's a storytelling medium where where conflicts are settled through violence, where it is it has to be built around the idea of of, of like fighting and, and actual. Yeah, actual fighting in the ring, actual contests and fights. And so any setting we do needs to align with or come from that to some degree. And disaster movies are fun and distinct setting, but it would be a case of trying to make, trying to fit wrestling into a genre where it doesn't necessarily belong. In which case, uh, here's my pitch for the final one then. Superheroes. Superheroes, yes. Superheroes definitely works. Um, I think that, that, might even, that might even pip the post. Um, there is a big, there is a big crossover, I think, in our fan bases. Um, yeah, superheroes is a very good call because, yeah, it is, it is built around battles. It is a genre built around battles, um, and I feel that's that's a really key thing. Cool. So, tell you what, I I, I think because I I would like to keep these as simple as possible. Also, so it doesn't like we don't get the two of the the monsters thing kind of like rubbing up against each other. How about this for a six? Victorian film noir fantasy horror Godzilla superheroes um so horror not as in classic monsters uh, but as in just horror as a broad genre yeah but like obviously like if horror is chosen we get to basically do the universal monsters oh, so that, that, that just terms of how describing it because yeah because i think because i do think horror is a genre we can revisit um but yeah not one of the word monster in there twice um but there's a lot of gonzo stuff in this list um i know i'm super excited and I'm still like I'm still I'm still not sure about noir. I think noir is a great setting, but I've I think noir has a noir has a couple of problems. I think noir also feels like fi finding finding a way to tell a noir story that is based around fights um, feels it, it does it does feel that there's there are so many beats that just feel a bit too close to what we are planning. I'm trying to find a way not to elude this in a way that gives anything away, <laughs> but there's 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 whole sort of big tropes from from noir that may or may not be turning up in something that may or may... nudge nudge, wink wink, say no more, say no more. Like I feel like noir, noir has a role to play in a thing that is coming up. Um, so I'm actually, I'm actually kind of reticent for for that reason for the fact that it doesn't naturally scream conf like fights and conflict. As much as I love the genre, I feel. I feel, ooh. Ooh, yeah. That's just. What, what, what do you think we should? I mean, like, I'm happy to, uh, happy to let it go. But I know uh, you. We'll, I think we'll, we'll, we'll those, those, those beats you love and those beats you'll enjoy. Um, trust me, you will get to, you will get to live in that world, and you will get to, um, to swim through those stories. But 
for those two reasons, for the, for the sake of nudge, nudge, wink, wink, and also just because it doesn't, like as a broad genre, it is not based around battling. And I feel like these have got to be based, there has to be genres that are based around fights. Okay. Um, that's something else. Uh, but I think maybe, is, is there anything else from the original list you think deserves another chance? I think Caveman could be really fun. I don't <laughs> think people will vote for it, maybe based on the numbers. I think because it got the least votes, we have to kick it off the list. But what if, like, what if it was everybody's second choice? <laughs> I don't think that's the case, Tom. I think yeah, you I know that's not the case. I'm also, re I'm also really proud of the acronym for that one too. Um, maybe uh, I'm a little too motivated by that. Okay, but maybe something, something a little more grounded in, in reality. So we've got, so superheroes is definitely high sci-fi. Um, both horror and um, kaiju is not even humans, um, but Victorian England is people. High fantasy is people, but a hunk and high concept. We maybe need a lower concept kind of thing. How about any, like mafia? What about putting a, um, mafia again? That's there's. Let's just stay away from. Let's just stay away from <laughs> this, this, this sort of the c word for this. I think. Sure. Um, just because. Uh, anything, what about what about ancient Rome? Oh, should we just put a jobber in there? We know we won't win to make up the numbers. <laughs> ancient Rome might win. Like I, I'm, I'm up for ancient Rome. Yeah, let's it's... put ancient Rome. In. It's there's there's cool stuff there. It's a very rich world. There's a chance for intrigue. And again, it is it is a it is a historical period. It is is the maybe the earliest history of wrestling as we know it. You know, glad the gladiatorial arena, the Colosseum. That just all screamed. That's bread and circuses, man. That's um that's fights for entertainment. That's that's a sort of a a, a unifying, um, like a, a unifying form of entertainment that all social strata enjoyed and got behind. Okay, so we've got Victorian, ancient Rome, fantasy, horror, Godzilla, and superheroes. So, final, final thing before we let everyone go, you've you've been privy to us actually having a production meeting here. So this is a very <laughs> unique style of of podcast. Um, so, for the last one, I gave every fan one vote, uh, which is basically like you get one vote and that's your lot. However, you did mention that we some people may have voted once but had a second choice. There is an option on Patreon for you basically to have as many votes as you want. Uh, you can't vote twice. Like you can't vote for Western, then vote for Western again, then vote for Western again to bump it up. However, in your one vote, you can select more than one. Ah, so you're saying that that's a better way of guaranteeing that a higher number of people will see a genre that they wanted to see at all. Like there's less chance of someone ending up seeing something that they just didn't vote for. Basically, so what that, that's the way we did it for maple syrup. So you, obviously winners do get chosen. It's just that, yeah, instead of doing it, you get one vote and you have to pick your top one, which is definitely definitive in terms of who wins. This one will be definitive in terms of who loses, basically. So we for for the next one, we definitely know which one people don't want to see <laughs> rather than because the winner is still going to win because it will get the most votes. But the loser will be easier because if you have the opportunity to choose everything that you want, we'll know which ones definitely the fans definitely aren't up for. I mean, I'd be really interested to see... I'd be really interested to see that, just be interested to see, yeah, to see if actually Caveman was everyone's secret second favourite. <laughs> hmm. Okay, cool. So that is, uh, that is sorted. Uh, I'm going to get that online uh, now basically as soon as we sign off uh so thank you so much for listening to us unpack uh <laughs> what the next one shot may entail uh film noir will happen god damn it at some point but you may have to wait for season two for those tropes uh thank you very much for listening uh tom pleasure to talk to you as always as always and we'll see you for the next 
one shot in the in, in the expanding QCU. No <laughs> rolls barred. <laughs> are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.